Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Ryan Cook here. Welcome back to another episode of the Bass Report. We are at uh, September 2, the even more dreadful 2021. Uh, Joel Ede is... Yeah, I'm here. Psyched him out a little He's bit. He's right though. there. We psyched him out a little bit, though. Boom, shakalaka. Not used to hearing Ryan Cook open up the podcast, but get used to it, peeps, because it's going to happen every single week. Because why, Ryan Cook? Because the tag team's here. Back again. We're checking the records and letting it spin. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, and, and Ryan Cook, uh, we, we've been talking for the last couple weeks. Uh, I've been going back and forth on, you know, some of the changes I want to make to the podcast after 10 months now. Um, and one of those is, let's be honest, everyone loves Ryan Cook. Uh, everyone uh, puts up with me. So we're going to go and uh, and do this uh, tandem. So Ryan's going to be on with me every week talking to a guest. Um, if we get to two a week, whatever. But right now we're going to be doing one a week. And uh, this week, who is it? Speaking of tandem, because, you know, you got tandem kayaks and, well, bicycles for that matter, but uh, our own kayak and buddy, John Myers. He is, um, shoot, John's the first guy to ever take me bass fishing, bass fishing, like real bass fishing in a bass boat. Um, the guy's been a kind of a local legend around here in the, in the central California area. Um, he is one up to, I, he won a big bass tournament on the Delta years ago for like $55,000. Um, he still has his bass boat. He still kicks butt in tournaments. And the last, uh, two or three years, he's kind of not really switched over, but he's really, he's gotten into the kayak stuff, man. And he's, he's, he has made a big name for himself in the kayak community of the bass fishing variety. The guy's a hammer. Yeah. And just a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, and, and this is someone that you've talked to me about for a long time, having on, and I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, I, I, I've missed the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot going on, and I said, well, I want to have the guy on, and I hit you up today, and I said, let's have him on, but then let's have you on too, and then we started talking, and I'm like, why don't you just, we, we talk, me and you talk every week. I mean, we do, and they're my favorite podcast. Yep. They're most people's favorite podcasts because, I don't know, it's honest. It's fun. It's uh, it's informative, and so. And, and if we don't, I feel like a part of me is missing. To be honest no, with you, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I mean, like you've become a good friend of mine, and I feel like I have a lot more fun when when the podcast involves you. And so I figured I want to have fun with this. That's one of the main reasons that that I started to do it. And you were one of the first ones to come on and do it with me. Um, and so I figured, why not? Uh, in the Bash Report 2.0 going forward, new version, um, it's me and Ryan Cook talking to people. That's it. And I could not be more excited. I'm stoked, too. I feel like I just caught my first double-digit bass all over again. <sighs> Maybe one day I can have that feeling. We'll see what happens. Oh, it's, it's coming. We'll it's see coming what, for we'll you. See, we'll see what happens. Hey, after you get some tips from John Myers, that, that, that might help out. The guy's I don't know how many he's caught. He's he, he's caught more than I have. Um, he's 
the dude's a freaking hammer. Yeah, no, I look. I do. Look I, I already said that, but I can't. I'll, I'll say it like three more times. Tonight. Yeah, and you're going to tell him that, and you're going to say it again in, in the outro probably. But um, what's cool about this for me is I don't have to do that that silly little intro I do and the silly outro. We just get on, we talk. You you're going to call John. We're going to talk to John, and then it's all just one shot as long as we don't mess up too bad, and the editing becomes so much easier. Sorry. We're not. We're going to mess up a lot, but we're not going to need to edit it out. It's going to be no. We're not. It's going to be just awesomeness and then I, if, I, i'm excited dude because we man I, I feel like some of our just fun conversations if you had recorded those and put them on the podcast people be laughing their ass off no we've had a lot of like really like just sitting here and i'm sitting here talking to you not recording and so you've always said are you recording i'm like oh, i should have been but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> every week no man i'm, I'm stoked uh i think it's going to be fun for everybody and uh yeah i mean you can't go wrong. But before we get into that, though, we're going to have to start these every week. The built-in. It's going to be the built-in Bass Report with Ryan Cook because he's going to be here every week like he is. What's going on up there before we get in with John? We're catching big ones. Yeah, you are. We're, we're you know, we're... Constantly. They're... They're doinking the baits and we're hammer dogging them, man. I don't know how else to put it. I, I, and I don't say that arrogantly because, you know, I mean, this run's going to end. But, dude, we've been catching big ones. Um, I don't remember when the last time we talked was. Was it before my dad and I went out and stuck the couple eights together? It was. Yes, I believe it was. So that, man, let's start there. Um, special day with my dad. Not this last Sunday, the Sunday before. I had a free day. I'm not doing weekends much anymore. Trying not to. Um, we had a free Sunday. I told my dad, let's sleep in. Let's run up to the lake for three, four hours, dude. We didn't get on the water till 1030. By 130, we had two over eight in the boat. We had an eight, two and an eight, four. My dad dumped another one about six. I don't want to talk about that one. He's trying to fight these bass like they're stripers. We still got to get his, 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 his bass game on point, but, um, <laughs> that, that was a special day, man. I mean, I've grown up, you know, fishing with my dad, my whole life, literally since I was in diapers, you know, literally, you know, I'm talking six, seven years old. I was were you in diapers, mature, in, but anyway, were you in diapers? Hey, you know six, what? Seven that's not, what, that's not the point of this story, Joel. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't in diapers when I was six. It was five tops. Anyway, um, <laughs> And we've, man, we've got so many good memories, so many big stripers together back in the days. You know, we've won trout derbies and trout tournaments together. Heck, we've won striper derbies together. Like, we won a a 14-foot John boat all rigged out. When I was, like, 16, I caught a 23-pounder in a tournament. Um, But we didn't have any pictures of us really together, you know, fishing. Because back in those days, you know, it it was usually me and him. And if you had a camera with you, one person's got to take the picture. You know, there was no time delay, no cell phone cameras, none of that stuff. So when I came back and started fishing and started guiding, and um, there was a few pictures that I said I really want. Um, one was me and my buddy Don Longton, one of my big-time mentors, along with John Myers, um, with a top three plaque in our hands of a tournament we fished. Came back, got that done right away. We fished a big 
Fireman's Tournament at McClure. We had 78 boats, took second place, almost won it. We don't need to get into that. We had some, I don't want to say bad luck. We've made a couple of mistakes in that tournament. Um, the second one is, haven't done it yet, uh, Diana and I, my beautiful fiance sitting right here next to me, um, holding up a couple big ones for a profile picture. And the third was one of me and my dad with a couple big ones, you know, and I'm talking big ones, seven plus pounders, you know, um, mm-hmm. fours and fives are great when they get up over seven. That's what I call a big one. Um, dude, we went out and made it happen on just a fun Sunday, bunch of boats around dude. When, when my dad caught his, I mean, it was oh, just to paint the picture for you. And I, oh, I'm going to get all long winded on what's going on up here, but I got to tell the story. Um, we got a bunch of ski boats around us, literally like two fishing boats, eight ski boats, all within a small stretch. They're all partying. Dad hooks this fish. Everybody's watching. He had just lost a real nice one right before this. And I kind of, oh, I was kind of an asshole. I kind of got on him like, damn it. Like I told you not to do this. And he did that. And, and I felt bad. And I got this fish in the net, the big one. I gave him a big old, I mean, I run back. I gave him this big old hug and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. And, uh, oh dude, we had like a whole cheering section. Everybody, I mean, all these people in their ski boats, they're all hammered, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Hold it up. Yeah, dude. And I just, it, it was, oh man, it, it, it was a moment that I will never forget. Um, and we got our picture, you know, and it's, it was epic. I've got, I'm sitting here looking at it on the fireplace mantle at our, our house. I blew it up into an eight by 10. I'm going to get a canvas made of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and it's it, it, actually, that needs to be my profile picture here for a while. I'll, I'll probably change it. Um, just epic. So that was cool. Both of those fish, I, I believe my Instagram and Facebook posts or headline on that was double eights on eight pound test. And those both came on a spinning rod, throwing a fluke. Um, you know, and you hook an eight pounder on eight pound test, you know, I mean, a lot of stuff can go wrong and to put two fish of that caliber in the boat in the same day on a three hour trip when you're out fun fishing with your dad, it's just, you know, there's, there's somebody looking down on you, helping make that happen. The cook, the cook clan knows how to roll with the, with the light line. It seems. Oh dude, we, I mean, don't get me wrong. I much prefer to hook a big one on, 20 pound fluorocarbon or 50 pound braid, you know, but we catch a lot of big fish on, on eight pound test. You, I mean, back in the day, not, not, I've got a question now for you because you guys grew up doing trout and coconut and things like that. Lighter line applications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a correlation between people who, uh, bass fish with lighter line and are more comfortable fishing with, with lighter line and those finesse tactics, if they have more experience with those types of line, you know what? It's hard to say because my dad does have a lot of experience with the light line stuff doing the trout fishing back in the day. I mean, with the stripers, it was a different deal. Um, and I'll be honest, love him to death. He did land that fish, but it, it was a complete shit show watching it happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was not pretty. Well, it just I just by any means. The eight pound is pretty strong. Dude. One thing real quick. I will tell you right now, anybody that thinks, you know, eight pound test, I'm going to break it off. It's so easy to break off a fish. It's really hard to break eight pound test. If I, and we've caught so many big fish on eight pound test. I mean, on six pound test, back before I ran braid to a leader, I used to run straight six pound fluorocarbon. 
because it handles much better than eight. I have caught fish up to 13 pounds, one ounce on six pound test. And my only fear, because you can pull really hard on six and eight pound test, as long as it's clean and no nicks in it. And that's one thing you've got to check your line very often. You've got to be very, very careful with it. But if you have strong, solid eight pound test or six with no, no nicks in it, and I hook a big bass, as long as I have them in open water where they can't run me around a rock pile into a piece of wood, my only fear of losing that fish as far as the line breaking is if their teeth cut it and rub it. Mm-hmm. You can pull extremely hard. I mean, I mean, dude, like you hook eight pound test, like you snag your bait up. I mean, you got to get some leverage and reel down and pull hard and stretch that stuff to get it to break, you know? Yeah. Um, don't be scared of that light line. I had a client today. I had a client today hook a fish on eight pound test. It, it, it was 6.20, just under six and a quarter. And this fish wrapped him up in wood twice, and we still landed that fish. And, I mean, he, we had to horse this thing out of this wood. It was very, very nerve-wracking as a guide. He was laughing because he didn't realize it was that big. Um, but we still landed that fish, you know. Don't be scared of the light line stuff. If you don't have to throw it, don't throw it. But there's definitely a time and a place. And up here in our mother load area, if you're a tournament fisherman and you want to be getting paid, you got to have the eight-pound test out quite a bit. That's just a that's the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, Joel, the bite's good. You know, um, the bigger reservoirs, they're still fishing a little tough. They're getting, they're getting a little bit better. We've slowed the flow down out of Don Pedro and Maloney's McClure is still falling real quick. Um, I don't want to touch on too much on what the bite's going on because it has not changed in the last two weeks since we've talked it's literally the same bite the water temperatures have not started to cool enough uh too cool enough to make a difference um i i found the top water bite is dwindling we're catching them more on flukes finesse stuff drop shots jig bites decent um uh, once again i hate to be a broken record but it's just fact of the matter it, go out fish your offshore stuff Fish your long points, fish your steep bluff walls, and the bite has not changed much. Man, that that right there is like the culmination of, of really what you've been doing for, for quite a while in that area. Um, and to be able to go out there and, and it all comes together with your pops, I mean... I, I just looked at it and smiled as soon as I saw it. Well, you actually texted me beforehand. You texted me a couple times, and I'm just like, definitely. I mean, and I'll be honest, I'm jealous. You know, it's like I, my dad's not here anymore. I have a picture like that, you know, with your dad is, is really important. But I look at back, like you said, I look back to the, you know, when I was little, five, six years old, or I, I was out of diapers by then. Um, but, uh, you know, up there in the in the hills backpacking or whatever and and just catching small trout didn't matter you know if you're out there fishing with your dad it's uh it's a special thing and i will say to anybody who who you know maybe on the outs with their dad or you know you don't get out as much as you as you as you could or you don't have, you say you don't have the time make time because that's really important because one day they're not going to be here you know, and one day you will not be able to go back even and, have, and, and invite them to go. You won't have the chance or, or go do whatever. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yep. I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm jealous. I'm ha- more happy than anything, but at the same time in my heart, it hurts. Cause it's like, 
God, I would give anything for one more day fishing with my dad, you know? Yeah. Dude, I, I work, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, and I don't ever try to complain about my job. I'm super blessed to be where I'm at. I made a post about it today, you know, I'm just kind of reflecting from six years ago to where I'm at today, you know, and it, it, I mean, a night and day difference, literally night and day difference. I mean, and <clears throat> to be able to take the guy out, you know, that instilled this love of fishing in me and put him on fish and him, you know, Hey dad, just sit back, relax. You know, I'm going to try to put you on him, do my best. You know, let's go have some fun. And when the stars align and you have that kind of day, I mean, dude, I, I can't tell you what a good feeling that is. And believe me, I, I don't take any of that for granted. Um, and I know, I know, I know, you, I know how you don't lucky I, know I am for, yeah. you know, and I'm, I wish you could make those memories with your dad, you know I mean? And I'm, well, I, I've, I've got to put, that sucks. Now, I now I, that. I'm putting, I'm putting, well, I need to put even more focus on doing that with my own kids, you know, and, and yep. making those memories with them. Cause I, it goes both ways, right? I mean, dads are important. Your own dad is important to you, but your kids are, you're important to them the same way. So it's important yeah. that you see it that way, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard. all important. Sometimes it's hard. You know, you're working hard. You're, you're doing what you can to, to provide for your kids. And um, there's just so much stuff in the world today that makes it so difficult. This COVID thing has not made anything easy on anybody. Um but getting out there and, and spending time with your kids is also important. So. Absolutely. I don't have any, well, I, I do, I do have a kid now. I've got a step or a soon to be stepson, you know, and we're very close and I'm, he's definitely not, um, he's not the fishing type. He's not the outdoor type. We are working on him and we are, <laughs> we are definitely, Oh dude, we, there's more ways him on the to, boat. There, he's there, driven it. There's more ways to get, to get, in with your kid and have quality time with your kid than just going fishing too. I mean, no, and, and that's the thing. I take him to do whatever I can, you know, and I'm going to be into whatever he's into, you know, just to get to spend time with him and make those memories. Cause he's, I mean, he's 16, you know, and I don't have that luxury of, of having him since he was little, but we sure as heck are going to make the most of the time we have now, you know, mm-hmm. God, that was stuff. like a trip down mushy lane for me little, and you. Hey, can we get some Will Ferrell quotes in here or something? <laughs> uh, enter, hold on. I'm going to enter them right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. Gator don't play no shit. You, you feel me? Gator never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. Come, children. Let me tell John's you. John's there. Hey, Joel, you here? Yeah, I'm here. John, can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. John, what's going on, man? Not much, Joel. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. John, I- Joel, Joel, John. I've heard your name so many <laughs> times, I feel like I should have known you by now. You, you probably do. <laughs> and some of them were actually, I said a few good things, too. Don't just, you know. No, they were, they were, yeah. they were all good. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me on. Appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I got to warn you, I talk a lot. This is, this, <laughs> I this, already warned him. This is what I hear. But you know what? Podcasts are for talking, so if, you, if it, yes, wouldn't do us, it wouldn't do us a whole hell of a lot of good if you didn't like to talk. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Yes. Johnny, yes. for once, you actually got people out there that want to listen to you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure them... 
looking at me like I'm crazy, huh? <laughs> well, I get looked at like, like I'm crazy all the time. It's fine. But at least people look at you guys. <laughs> oh, shut That's up, Mister 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 Ryan Cook fishing over here. Hammer, hammer cook fishing. Hammer cook fishing. <laughs> Hammer oh, cook. That's, that's the, the new that's one. The new name of the business. That's the new one. Hammer cook. Yeah. They're gonna Mr. think it's hammer. They're gonna think it's some like bougie, uh, like home home chef or something. Hey, so I, I'll tell you this right now, Joel, and I, I, I've told you this, and I tell John this, and he's very. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, John's very confident in his fishing skills. I mean, like his whole his. The John Myers quote before every tournament, he goes, I'm going to go open up a number 10 can of whoop-ass on these boys. And usually he does, and John goes into every tournament knowing that he's got a good chance of winning it, and he feels like he can and will every tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, even though he's confident, he's still very humble, so I'm going to brag on him for a minute. But uh, and Oh, I've said this. A lot of you guys have heard this. I'm sorry if it's a repeat, but... So much of what I'm able to do on the water. And I've got to take people out, sometimes to a lake I've been at, sometimes to a lake I haven't been to for two or three weeks, you know. And I've got to be able to assess their skill level and figure out how can I have them have the most successful day on the water with with what they're going to give me to work with today. And I, without trying to brag, I'm, I'm very good at that. I mean, I've done it for three years, I, I you know, and, and I'm successful with it. And a big part of the reason why I'm able to do that is because John Myers, when he taught me how to bass fish back in the day, he did not just show me how to throw a certain bait and work it and how to go fish good spots of the lake. He showed me how to establish a pattern early in the day and build on it throughout the day. And as a guide, that's what you have to do. Cause you start running your spots all the time. They're going to come back to burn you more than they're not. You know, um, is that true? The John guy is an absolute, is that true, John? Yeah, that's very true. You know, spot fishing, spot fishing is like trying to catch memories, and uh, wow. it's almost impossible to catch memories. That just blew yeah. my mind. So, just blew my mind right there. <laughs> Only five minutes. Oh, dude, wait yeah. till you hear the stuff oh, this guy. God. The dude, he's like a. I mean, he's like a bass fishing wizard, some sort of Jedi. Well, so I it, don't know about a Jedi. Oh, <laughs> a Sith? More of a Sith, John? Are you the, on the dark side or? Um, no, I, I normally, uh, go straight up. How about that? <laughs> okay. No, I want you to expound, John, if you can expound on the, um, cause Ryan just walked into a huge one there and you, you dropped an anecdote, like, uh, what, what do you call that, Ryan? Not an anecdote, but, uh, what's that called? A euphemism. Euphemism. That, yeah, that, yeah. This is, so this is why I brought Ryan on all of a sudden. In all of the of the months we've been doing this, now Ryan has a word that I didn't have. Welcome. Wow. Oh, oh I got all kinds of words. You oh, man. Have, well, you, you just decided to bring him out now that you're the co-host of the show. So, uh, um, you, you know, fishing memories um, at times can work. And what I mean by that is, is it's all about location, certain times of the year. The fish migrate to certain locations. And, and, you know, year in and year out, uh, chances are you could catch them in that area. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you could catch, obviously you're not going to catch the same fish, you know, even from one day to the next or whatever, but, mm-hmm. 
the biggest key is is to to know where to go, right? Uh, yep. Establish a pattern. So you know seasonal locations for the bass. Um, uh, let's just let's talk a little bit about Clear Lake right now because um, I've been going there quite a bit, and I have a, a tournament coming up, the last one of the year. And um, anyway, so I found a good pattern, and uh, I was in the kayak. Well, my location, the, the bait moved, and and uh, of course, in a kayak, you pretty much have all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So I was committed to that area. The only way I could have got out of that area is, and I tied, I tied myself, and I had to go and, and move. It would have took me two hours before I made another cast, and then fished the same pattern in different locations. Yeah. And that pattern was fishing big rocks and, and in super shallow water. And I was still in top water. And I was I was getting some really good bites. So. Uh, Two weeks in a, in a row, I did really well doing that. And then the day of the term, I go over to my spot, and I'm throwing some top water, and I'm, like, not getting bit. I'm like, oh, no. So uh, I noticed the bait move. So, uh, again, uh, once I noticed that, I figured my pattern w- really wasn't going to work. There still should be a few more fish around, but not that big school of fish that was there. And I literally made... I made like 10 casts in a row, caught 10 fish all on buzzbait, and I caught fish with six inches of line out, one foot of line out. That's how close they were hitting this, the bait in the kayak. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of fish were, were within less than 10 feet of, of the kayak. So anyways, uh, back to the you know fishing memories. The day of the tournament, I went to that same area thinking, you know, here I'm going to do well, and for an hour I didn't get bit, and I'm like, all right, I need to shift gears. So I started going out deep. I went out deeper. I tried to find some fish out deep. I went over one rock pile. I caught a 20 inch fish, which equals to like three and a half to four pound fish at Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, real good fish. I was real happy with that. So then um, the wind started blowing. Uh, the area where I had did well had uh, a lot of, um, of algae bloom, real thick. And I mean thick. It was almost blue. Mm-hmm. Not green, but blue. Yeah. And then the white color. So uh, I located some more of that stuff, and I picked up uh, a frog, and I threw it over there. Boom. Caught another one. You know, so there's, this, that, there's the pattern. You know what I mean? I went back to that pattern and I started working the topwater frog and I caught a few more fish and then it kind of died off and I went back out to the rock pile, a different one, and I caught another fish. So I thought, okay, you know, but I couldn't get more bit more than once on a rock pile. And, and I was working the, the jig, throw it up, pop, 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 let it hit the bottom. Wait a second, pop, 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 you know. So basically, it was like a reaction bite, like a crawdad, you know, swimming. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how, I mean, you couldn't really force feed these fish, uh, like, you know, throw something slow. And um, so I went back shallow again, and then I started getting all these miss hits. And I followed up with the LV, and, and I caught those fish. 
The old lipless. Uh, yes, the LV. This little shad colored one, you know, a fish were, you know, busting the shad. They were, the shad kind of moved back up. And, um, anyways, there was like a, an area where it dropped down to like three to six feet. And, uh, early, uh, I believe that's where most of the bait was. They weren't sprinkling on the water like they were two weeks prior and the week prior. Um, that day, no sprinkles. The only thing I saw, was a uh, bubble and, and you know having bubbles on the water uh it, it lets you know that there is bait fish down there swimming around and i mean a lot of bubbles you know so, hey john yeah and not to interrupt you here but that's kind of what i do but uh, um so would you be safe to say that you were committed to an area yes not a spot and yes. you followed these fish throughout the day, even though it wasn't your original game plan, you had to adjust and figure out, yeah. okay, there's fish in this area that they're not on the spot. I thought they were going to be on. So I got to find them and then I got to mm-hmm. follow them. Right. Right. And you, and you use the bait to tell you where the fish were basically. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Right now at Clear Lake, you find the bait, you're on fish. That, that easy. That's uh, gold. That's gold right there. Absolute yeah, I, I, gold. You know, yeah, the, um, I, Clear Lake has a lot of bait. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you find bait almost everywhere. But if you add the bait with the big lava rock with some some weed, that's the combination, and that's what I was that's what I was targeting. And so uh, that was the key. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was the big key right there. Dude, back uh, when I first started fishing, Joel, mm-hmm. that's one thing, dude, and. The first few trips I went out with John, you know, and then I shoot John. If I remember right, I went out with you and didn't I go buy a bass boat like two weeks later? I believe you did. (laughs) I think I bought a six. I think I bought a 16 foot pro craft. I was probably 19 or 20 years old Uh and I sold it about a month later because it sucked. But anyway, um, (laughs) John would call me or I'd call him at the end of every fishing trip. And he's one of those guys like, if you're a person that wants to learn in this sport, even if you're fishing against him, he doesn't care. Like he wants to help you. He's not going to hold back. I mean, he's not going to tell you, Hey, here's exactly where I caught him. You know, here's what I did. Nowadays we share a lot more info, you know, specific stuff. We help each other out a lot, but I would talk to John and I remember it like it was yesterday. And he'd say, what was the pattern today? And I'd say, well, this is kind of what I found. Here's what I ran. And he'd say, but what was the key? And those very specific days, I would, I would actually find the key, you know, well, they're on, on main Lake points, you know, on the bigger rock in 20 to 40 foot of water, like the exact key, you know, and, but. Right. And it then wasn't, the, the, yeah. Then the wind had to be blowing a certain direction over the point. They were yeah. either on the slack side, the current where the, where the eddy side of the, even though it's a big old lake, the wind's blowing. They're going to be on the slack side of that point. They're going to be looking for something to come over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly that's the key. Hey, Lake Point on the the slack side of the current. And John taught me to think about fishing in a way that, dude, honestly, even seventy five percent of your tournament anglers out there that are good in our area, they don't. And I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. Um, but 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 the way we look at things is a lot more in depth than most people even know to think about. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and, I, and I learned that from John, 100%. Bef- before we go too far, though, I, I, I think we totally miss, like, um, talking about what John's doing now. And I know we talked about what he was doing before, but, you know, going from being more boat-centric to the kayak, which I think is really interesting. Uh, the, the kayak um, tournament uh, fishing circuits are, are growing huge. Um, it, it, uh, uh, Steve Melander got me into it. And, um, you know, the first time I set the hook on a bass in a kayak, I was throwing a jig, and I felt this thunk. You know, we all felt that thunk before. You know, I don't know how else to, to, to explain it. But, yeah. hey, I know I got a, I got a good bite. I reeled down and I set the hook and all I could think was don't flip the kayak. So, so, uh, um, I'm a real aggressive hook setter in, in a boat. I literally jump in the air, uh, setting the hook. I've had know? to catch him twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've scared people setting the hook and, and well, you know, it's, I don't know. just, if you have a big fish clamped down on on your bait, you have to open that big fish's mouth all the way up and get that hook into its, its nose, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've always, you know, set the hook extremely hard, even spinner baits and crank baits. Sometimes I might, you know, spin a rod, uh, I've had to learn the real set. That's a little different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, is, uh, that is one thing I, I taught him over the years. Yeah, I've, I mean... When I usually get bit, I'm usually like swing, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one other thing too. So like on a lake, this year on the lake, I, I was going to Don Pedro and I was throwing a, a Tasmua jig. I want to plug him. He, he's a great guy. He has great product and his lures work. And, uh, um, the key there, I mean, you go to the lake and throw a jig. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Whatever. But the key was the Creek channel bend. Okay, I would fish a creek channel bend if it was was on a main lake where I would tell you that's a creek channel bend. You would look at me like, really? No way. I go, yes, that's a creek channel bend. And I would fish the ends of them where it would flatten out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I would also work down the steep stuff. And, and um, I ran those and I did extremely well doing that. Um, uh, several tournaments at, at Don Pedro. Um, that's what I did, and, and and it worked. And and two, you know, I did fish super deep um, on top of island points and, and points. Um, so you know, fish get up on flats and feed. So the flats I was catching fish off of were between sixty and eighty feet of water. <laughs> so you would think like, really, a flat and that deep? Well, yeah, it's a flat. You know, the structure was flat, you know. Hey, the structure is basically the contour of, it, of the ground. Yeah. yeah. John, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, <coughs> you know, as someone who, who, you know, has fished on a boat for so long, and I, I'm, I guess mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I started, I started fishing from a kayak as far as when it comes to right. the water, you know. Uh, I fished from a kayak most of my life or from the shore, and then – when I got a boat, it was like, oh, man, it was a revelation, right? I can move up and down a lake. I could go anywhere I wanted. It was all this freedom. 
but I found that right. that, that freedom didn't necessarily lend itself to catching more fish sometimes. Sometimes it did. What do you what do you like so much about the kayak? What well, I would say, what made you move over to the kayak fishing side of things? What, what made me go gun ho on the kayak? Yeah, was, yeah. Was the uh, the one on one? So when you're in a boat with a buddy in a team tournament, it's like you know, hey, what do you what do you fill in? You know, what do you think? You know, should we try this? Should we mm-hmm. try that? Hey, you're on your own, man. In the kayak, you got to figure it out, and then you got to net your fish. You got to fight your fish. You got to position the boat. I mean, it's all you, one-on-one, you and the fish. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm still ha- I still have a learning curve. I, um, uh, I hate to say this. I hate losing fish. But in a kayak, I, I lose a lot of fish. And, and what I'm learning is, is the parabolic bend in, in, in a fishing rod will help you. Um, and then boat positioning. But it's the biggest thing for me, it's one-on-one with the fish. It's you and the fish and nobody else. And I tell you what, when you get in a kayak and you're on a lake and you have skiers skiing around you, jet skiers zipping around you and stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, or you have the Delta and you have, you know, yachts cruising by, I tell you what, your head's on a swivel. So you know everything that's going around you. Everything. Nothing. I'll tell you right now, Joel. I mean, this guy's literally got a, you know, he's got a sixty thousand dollar bass boat sitting in his, in his carport. It, it is a beautiful champion. It's one of the, the last ones they made before they quit making them. I mean, those boats everybody wants, <clears throat> and I rarely see him in his boat anymore. He is in his kayak seventy five to eighty percent of the time. And now so, there's something to be there's said. something about yeah. it he loves. Yeah, and and I I fished from one on the San Joaquin River for years. And enjoyed it thoroughly. I think, I think there is a, there's a, you have to upgrade, but I think John, what's, what's so special about you is you've, you've gone the opposite way and said, Hey, I feel like, do do you feel more in tuned with the lake? And also you talked about all your eggs are in one basket in a kayak, which they kind of are, because when you launch, you don't have the option of pulling up and going across the lake to some other point. Right, exactly. Your eggs are all in one basket. Basically, um, uh, the pattern I wanted to run, uh, I would have had it in the kayak move several miles. And um, so in the kayak, you know, the max speed of my kayak is like four miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So if I ran four miles, it'd take me an hour to go one way. He's also good at math. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> that's, with, that's with no wind... <laughs> That's with no wind against you. That's right, and then and then if the wind's blowing and it's, it's gnarly out there, or yeah. sketchy, or, yeah. or I always say it, I say it, it's scary, and it's not sketchy. It's like you know, hey, you know, when's the day I'm going to flip the kayak? Exactly. Well, today is not. Yeah. You know, and, and yes, I recommend you practicing flipping your kayak in a pool and 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 getting back inside of it. I definitely recommend, you know, people doing that. Yes. Um, I've done it and I, I learned the, the, the way of getting back in. So I'm comfortable. If I do flip it, I know what to do. Um, but yeah, you know, your eggs are all in one basket. Um, 
they have they have motors now that are are, are faster, but um, so you know you put gas in your boat and, and you know you got a fifty gallon tank and uh, you know like Ryan says you know I'm pretty good at mass if you're going full throttle and you're getting three miles per gallon you got fifty gallons you know you you could run 150 miles then you gotta get gas well. In a kayak, when that battery is dead, right? Uh, you know, mine has pedals. I could pedal back. Yeah. But, uh, that, sounds, that sounds horrible. I'm, my feet are, my legs, oh my, my legs are on fire thinking about it. Dude, uh, um, when, when it gets windy, like, like you said, Joel, uh, it, it's crazy. It's like instead of going, you know, three miles an hour pedaling, you're going a mile an hour. So, and then you're hitting these waves that are just crashing over the top, and you're just getting wet every wave coming in. So, and John, you're, like, you're talking you know, about, but you're yeah. you're also running a a, a nice guy. I, I assume you're running a a Hobie, or a, yes, yeah, you're you're running yeah, a Hobie. Hobie. So when mm-hmm. I when my my days of kayak fishing were you know full paddle, and out on the ocean, oh, yeah. out on the ocean, we're out halibut fishing or we're rock fishing. And you get the How wrong. How do you walk? What was that? How do you walk, Joe? How do you walk? If I'm if I'm using a paddle. <laughs> no. No, no. Uh, I took no. I I get no. it. Uh, when I bought mine, the Hobies. Yeah. I mean, they were out. Uh-huh. Um, I just I didn't have the money to buy one. So, you yeah. know, you're out there, you're doing your thing, and you see guys rolling past you, even in the wind. They're just pedaling along. They're drinking a beer, eating a sandwich with their hands, and you're looking That's at them crazy. like, That's and crazy. you stop to take a drink, and you're back a hundred yards, going backwards, <laughs> going yeah. backwards. So oh, yeah. I mean, today it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a whole different deal in kayak fishing because there's guys now with with front head units that are. I mean, there's remote controls. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is come a long way. I actually, I actually have a uh, uh, Garmin sight scan on my hand optics on my kayak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny. I, I had it's, si- it's, I had side scan on my kayak, and I don't have side scan on my boat. Uh-huh. Right. So, I will tell you this: I have been, believe it or not, Joel. I, I've actually been out in the kayak. What, John? Probably six, seven, eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been out to Kelsey Bass Ranch a few times. I actually went up. John, our buddy Steve Melander, and I went and fished a tournament at Eastman a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I actually finished tenth out of like sixty, which act, I mean I was super surprised. I my first it was my second day ever fishing out of a kayak. Not trying to brag on myself, but um, I did okay. And I'll tell you right now, one thing that I, I, I tell all these young guys on my boat. When you're 16 years old and you can drive and get yourself to the lake, don't try to buy a boat. Go out and buy yourself a decent pedal drive kayak and learn to fish that way first. And me and John have talked. If guys start off in the kayak and then go to the bass boat, dude, I think that is 100% the best way to get your feet wet in bass fishing um, and get some tournaments under your belt because – I mean, John would probably agree. It's probably a lot harder to go from the bass boat to the kayak versus the other way around, you know? Oh, yeah. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. And then, too, it's it's less expensive for sure. I don't put any gas in, in the kayak at all. Well, that's probably smart. 
<laughs> However, if I didn't eat, I, I'd probably run out of gas. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, you know, the, uh, also, I want to I want to add to something about the kayak, too. So kayak fishing will make you a better fisherman. Straight up will make you a better fisherman. I believe that 100%. The, this, this is why I say that. So when you're in a boat, right, when you get on a lake, and I talked a little bit about the current, um, you know, on the lake and stuff, you know. Um, so every lake has current. I don't care what lake it is. There's the low breeze. Obviously, rivers have current. Delta has current. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in a kayak, you find yourself positioning your boat into the current, into the wind, and then you cast towards that and bring lower back. And, and you don't float with the wind, you know, and, and then not position yourself correctly to make that perfect cast. So in a, in a boat, I find myself uh, not doing that. And then I, I think, well, wait a minute. No, I need to go with the wind, you know. So so what I do, uh, like in a kayak, if I'm, you know, uh, in the bottom uh, I'll, I'll throw out I'll, I'll, I'll move the, the kayak over yonder I'll throw out put the kayak sideways and that way I have that leverage or I go backwards and, and if I go forward then the rod is out of position to your side so you want to have it either you know it's behind you so you really can't set the hook behind you you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, when you set the hook you're always pulling it towards you are you pulling it to the left or right of you? You don't pull it from behind you forward. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so yeah. that's that's what I mean by it. it makes you a better fisherman. It, it, you learn how to position the boat correctly, how to make that one perfect cast. You know, it being whatever it is—a a tree, a creek channel bend, a flat, one rock pile. You know, or one rock. You know, a one tree stand up tree. You 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 don't get upwind and cast downwind you get downwind and cast upwind. You know what I mean? And that way, because so er, the bass are always pointing into the wind, right? And then if the sun is in their eyes into the wind, they're going to be facing a little bit off to one side. So the, the sun is not in their eyes. So that's the only time it's really going to make a difference. So again, you know, lure presentation, you know, boat position, that one perfect cast. You, you, you hear uh, Kevin Van Dam. I made that one perfect cast with that crankbait on that side of that stump, and I would catch a big one. It's well, John, like let's thing. just like let's just be honest. In our bass boats, and me and you are both guilty of this. And you've definitely always been more of a, you know, I'm going to pull up to this point and grind it to where I'm like, we're going to pull up to this point and make five casts, and that's one of the reasons we do fish well together in the boat because we both are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum i mean john doesn't want to leave a spot until he feels like i've caught every fish out of this spot out of this area whatever that we can catch and i'm like if they slow down let's just wait and come back in an hour let's go find some more aggressive fish right, and we work right. together on that but when you're in the kayak you're forced to fish everything thoroughly you have to i yeah, mean john will literally pull out eight different rods on one point from 10 to 60 mm-hmm. foot of water and grind that whole point. And I think if you start off that way and then go to the boat where you can now go run and gun points and you have some more options, I just think you're going to be a 
much more well-rounded fisherman than if you start off in the bass boat. And dude, it took me, I started off in fast bass boats. I mean, when I started off going out with these guys a few times, I went and bought boats that could run, you know, 55 plus miles an hour. I could go run the whole lake. And I, John can tell you, I usually would. (laughs) I talked to him at the end of the day and uh, whether I did well or not, you know, yeah, I ran up to woods. I ran into Moxon. I ran back to Big Creek, ran back up to woods. You know, I'd go burn 30 gallons of gas in a day. And he's like, yeah, we ran three miles from the ramp and fished that one stretch and that one point, you know, and he beat me half the time or, or more than half the time for sure. And is it- what it took for me to be able to grind things out and, and, and really fish more thoroughly, when I came back fishing three and a half, four years ago, whatever it was, I started off in a, a, a 17 foot bass tracker with a 60 horse four stroke fishing tournaments. And I could only run 27 miles an hour. And John can tell you, and John can tell you right now that that year and a half, two years, I fished out of that boat. I probably was more consistent tournaments than I ever was before because it forced me to look at things differently Mm -hmm. and fish them more thoroughly. Well, and make, make that rotation. Yeah. And the and, kayak is the, yeah. is, is that side of the spectrum on steroids, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one other thing too is, uh, uh, so when I do find a pattern, let's just say, let's just say, we'll call it cleric again, the rock shallow. Okay. So what, what can you throw at him? I, in my kayak, this might sound crazy, but I, normally have 10 to 12 rods in my kayak and, and yeah it might look like a porcupine but <laughs> and i have i have people ask me like do you use all those rods i'm like well yeah one at a time <laughs> but it's what i'm getting yes. <laughs> thank you thank you john thank you because i i'm like just recently went on a trip with somebody and i was like usually i'm the guy who brings like five and it was the Delta, and I don't know the Delta that well, and I don't know what he was going to fish. So I was like, well, I'll just bring I'll bring more this time. And I bring him, and he looks right. at it, and he's like, God, you did bring a lot of rods. And I'm like, damn it, I'm that guy. I don't want to be that guy. But you only use one at a time. Damn it, Joel. <laughs> you only use one at a time. You only use one at a time. Oh, yeah. So, so whenever I fish... Uh, Gerald Young taught me this years ago. Uh, he's a, a really great guy. Um, he would talk like this. Hey, kid. Hey, kid, get over there and hunt. Get that lure and hunt. You know? <laughs> so. I'm not even sure what you're saying right now. <laughs> he's saying hunt. Hunt, yeah. baby. Do hunt it. Yeah. Oh, hunt. Yeah, throw that lure over there and hunt. Hunt. I'm like. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, he, he taught me that. So let's just say like a clear lake. So I'm throwing the top water, you know. Well, yeah, I threw the top water. I threw the spinner bait. I threw the LV. I threw the chatter bait. I picked up a Cinco, a little Cinco, and would throw it out on a fish that would blow up on my frog or my top water bait and the buzz bait or whatever. Throw it out there, and they would pick that thing up and run so quick with that bait in their mouth. And, and, you know, but that's the key is, too, is in these patterns, once you find this pattern, you can catch on multiple lures. And, and two, in a kayak, when you're pretty much stuck in, in, in a location, you know, or an area, you know, you want to rotate through rods. It's different presentations, what I mean, different lures. So uh, 
it being a square bill, an LV, you know, on our lakes, you know, throwing a, a drop shot, a, a, a dart head, a shaky head, a jig, you know, a spoon, you know, uh, a small spoon, a 10-inch spoon, whatever, you know, go through these, you know, different baits, swim a little uh grub through them or, or a Kitek, you know. Nobody, swim, nobody swims a grub anymore. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I want to swim is, a grub more. That is yeah. money. I want to swim a grub yeah. more. Yeah, it works. You better. It works. It works. But real works. quick. Make real, sure you put the, the grub facing downward. <laughs> real quick, guys. Um, I do want to clarify for, for people out there. Um, when we're talking about a pattern, because I think that there are certain definitions of a pattern out there. And I don't think that's what John's talking about. A pattern is there is a bait that's going to work across that entire lake. That is not a pattern, right? He's talking about what he's looking at as far as structure, what the, where the sun is, what the vegetation looks like, what the bottom structure is. Am I correct? That's correct. So I don't want people to, to think that a pattern is just, Hey, the pattern the pattern was a spinner bait today. No matter where you're at. A blue like, that's not a pattern. Yeah, a blue a, a blue spinner bait with yeah. uh with uh, uh, a salt and pepper grub. Just yeah. No, it's it's like oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's throwing the spinner bait. So like let's let's talk about a spinner bait a little bit. No one really throws spinner baits anymore. I I, I tell I you do. what. Hey, just real quick, John. I do. Yeah. Just really quick. Give them a very quick, because I know you, and this is going to become a 10-minute answer, and this is where I get this from, Joel, in case you're recognizing a pattern in this one. Um, Give them a very quick, not a detailed, a very quick explanation of a pattern. Let's just say if you're going to Don Pedro tomorrow, I mean, what's a typical pattern that you're going to start off trying to run? And let's just say you figured it out, but just describe a very basic pattern for them. Like, what is a pattern? Okay, so... Let's just say, uh, go to Don Pedro, a main lake point, pull up on the main lake point. Uh, I wouldn't even draft over it. I'd throw your, throw your most confident lure. Not something I throw, but your confidence lure. Mm-hmm. Because you'll catch more fish off of that, and you will something I tell you to throw. So your confidence lure. God, fish that it. point. And then as soon as you get bit, which, which most likely will, make sure, this, this is what I always do. Where was the fish located? How deep was the fish? Which way was it was it positioned? And what I mean by position, I don't mean like which way is it facing, because I'm always assuming they're facing into the current, right? But was it on the shaded side of the island? Was it? I mean, on the point? Was it on the the pointy end of the point? Was it on the little cut on the side on a break of the point? So this is every time I catch a fish, I always ask myself i love how i told him to explain a basic pattern <laughs> yeah so so once you figure that out then you could run the next point and go right to that one same side that in this shade where the curt the wind's blowing over the point get on the 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 downward side in the shade pocket throw on the edge of the point if you caught on the edge of the point and work that bait down that edge of point on that depth and if you catch another one, that's definitely a pattern. Then you can run the next point. And then once you run a bunch of points, go back and start over on that same point and run them again. And you'd be surprised at how many more fish you catch by running that pattern. Uh, let, let me throw it another way, too. 
So let's just say <laughs> you go in the back of a, you go back in a cut, main leg cut, and you see bait busting. You pick up a top bar bait, bam, bam, you catch four or five of them. Hey, go check the next one, check the next one, and then make sure it's going to be like <coughs> a windblown one. <clears throat> it rarely, it's rarely going to be a calm one, but usually a windblown that causes that current. So then start running the pockets, and you'll find out. And you might have to graft and use your side imaging or your um, panoptic and find the bait. Once you find the bait, you found some more fish, and then you fish that pocket. And then you could actually start running pockets too, you know. Um, and that's that's basically what I do when I look for a pattern. That is, is I, especially in a in, in a boat, you know. And in a kayak too. No, you know, I, I'll. Sorry, John, I don't mean to interrupt you. That, that right there is, I think, really what I was looking for there. A lot of people talk about patterns. You see this in videos online. You know, you talk to other people that there's, oh, there's, I got into this pattern. And it's like, well, I think it's important to actually explain to people what a pattern is. A pattern is not a bait, a pattern is not a no, simple it's bait, it's not a color. It no. is a there is a no. pattern to where these fish are during that time of year in that water temp, and in what's going on in the weather. That's a pattern. One hundred percent. I can tell yeah. you from spending an average of five days a week on the water for the last oh shoot, the middle of November will be three years. And John will back me up on this. We talk about this all the time. The the right bait. It, it, no, the wrong bait in the right location is far more effective than the right bait in the wrong location. That's Everybody gets too hung up on the color and the exact bait they're throwing. Guess what? If me and John are on the right pattern, <clears throat> most days, now there's always days that get a little finicky and weird, but most days, um, if we're running the right pattern, I mean, let's say the pattern is a finesse jig. Um, dude, we can almost pick up a... a a tube, a dart head worm, a Nico rig, or a jig, and we're almost most days going to catch those same fish. It doesn't really matter if we're I'll, on the I'll, right if we're on the right pattern. Yeah, I'll rotate to those baits. Yeah, if you're running if you're running a pattern, and what I mean by the pattern is basically a structure in a specific depth and in certain locations on a lake, you you can run through different baits and catch fish in those areas, and then. Two, one thing, Ryan, how many people have you brought fish and never fished in their life and they catch a lot of fish? Well, right? I'd, uh, I'd like to say most of the time, quite a bit, yes. Well, I'm, sh- yeah, I'm so- sure they, they didn't show up with uh, predisposed like, oh, I'm throwing this one bait and I'm going to throw it all day and I'm going to kill them. And you're like, well, no, and the guys, <laughs> and the guys that do usually are going to struggle. Yeah, yeah I mean, do. or... Or if yeah. it's just a, a simple jig and you're like, oh, sure, dude, you can throw that jig because we're going to go here and the pattern's good. So you can throw that jig. You should should do well. Yeah. Right? I, I, uh, I, like, I like that no. idea. Of, yes, 100%, Joel, in answer to your question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the idea of, of, of when I do find a pattern um, uh, and, you know, like on the Delta, it's probably the hardest place to, to stay on a pattern because every 15 minutes things change. Um, however, you could um, you could 
get into an area, and I suggest go to an area and fish that area, understand where those fish move and, and how they relate to the different water levels and, and which way the current moves and stuff. Uh, I grew up for fishing the Merced River. That's why I started fishing. And uh, uh, I would fish eddies. I would fish uh, little waterfalls. Um, and then we got to the big bodies where it was like where the gravel pits and stuff were. Um, I, I would skip through those. And the reason why I'd skip through those is, is because I couldn't target unless there was a lay down or, or something, some type of structure, structure to target. Yes. And, and, and that's what I always look for a target and, and the high percentage spot. And what I mean by high percentage spot is, is, like on a lake in, in in the middle of the summer, you know, a high percentage spot is a main lake point. You know, uh, in the wintertime, a main lake point or a backward creek channel with bait. You know, so, so I mean, you learn these high percentage locations um, the more and more uh, time you get on the water. And that's probably the most important part is time on the water. Um, hey, John. Here's the, yeah. I got a question for you. So going back to kind of taking it back a minute, but coming from, okay. Oh, I know it's going to take you 20 minutes to answer this. And, but just (laughs) try to do it as simply as possible. Okay. But coming from the bass boat to the kayak, um, and you're the type that, you know, I mean, you're going to figure stuff out quick. You're super competitive. You know, like he doesn't mind losing. He's not a sore loser. Don't get me wrong. John's the type of guy. If he shows up to a tournament and he gets his butt kicked, which we all do from time to time, not very often with him, but he does. He's still the guy that's going to wait till the end of the tournament, wait till the awards are over and shake the winner's hand every time. That's him. Like every time. And he taught me that no matter what Mm -hmm. you stick Mm -hmm. around, you congratulate the winner. That's just what we do. Um, that's a great call. What what was the biggest? Mm, I don't know how to word this. What was the biggest adjustment? The, the biggest adjustment, or the most crucial thing you found from going to the bass boat to the kayak, as far as how you target these fish? So it, it would have to be locating the biggest school of fish you could find. Um, and the reason why I say that is. Uh, you know, in a kayak, you, you got to launch out a launch ramp, fish that area, put your put your stuff back on your truck, uh, and load it all back up. It's not an easy chore, by the way. It's 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 a lot of work, and then drive to the next launch ramp, and so on and so on. But once you found a place where you got multiple bites, okay, that was the key. So then the the key was okay. I I could get, you know, fifteen bites in this area. I'm pretty confident. I'm going to launch there, okay? Now, if you go to an area and you don't get bit for an hour, you know, hey, I'm punting. In a, in a bass boat, right, you find that pattern, you run those patterns, you run that pattern, and 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 you could run uh, stuff you never fished in your life on a lake that you've been fishing your whole life and catch fish because you're, you're, you're running and gunning, basically, or you're, you're able to move quickly from one area to the next. And a kayak, you can't do that. Right. So you need to find the biggest school of fish that you can find that you could get the bite and then, two, get them in the boat. 
So I feel like I screwed up on that question. He already answered that, huh, Joel? <laughs> Did he? <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Basically, what? he answered that question. Well, yeah, we, we well, were, yeah, that we were talking about eggs in one basket and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. You know, you can you can go and take your boat out of the water and launch at a different lawn tramp. But you know what I really like? Um, Wild West, they, they had it where you launched, everybody launched at one area, and you fished that area. I prefer to do that because what that does is now you get 100 kayaks in one section of the lake, right? I think that's and, the way it should be. You, I think that's the way it should be, John, to be honest. I, 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 I agree do, with that. I, I do too. A, a lot of people would disagree on that, but is what that does. If you want to make a long run, a six mile run, get your cardio to go in. to that big school of fish. <laughs> you better have a lot of batteries, and you better have you better be ready to pedal and paddle. Hell yeah. and, and you know, yeah, I I was at the, a big break uh, fishing a Hobie uh, that was here last summer, and uh, where I was fishing. The tide got so low that I couldn't pedal. I had to paddle. And it took me over an hour to go against the wind, against the current, and literally six inches of water before I got in deep enough water where I could start fishing again. That sounds horrible, by the way. Dude, it was really hot. It was just brutal. But, you know, I whacked them, and I whacked them good, and it felt good to find that school of fish. And I kind of, like, fell on them you know, kind of figured it out at the end. And, and that's one thing too, with the kayak, uh, what I've noticed is a lot of times I figure things out as the day goes on and then I start doing really good and, and, and I make the right choices and the right decisions. And that, that makes a, in order to win a tournament, not only do you need the pattern, but you have to make the right choices. And, and, and those that, win the tournament, make the right choices. And, and, and you see plus, these same guys, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you know, and you are definitely one of the guys, I mean, within, what, two years of kayak fishing, like, I'm, I'm going to stroke your ego here for a second, but you've become, let's be honest, you're like one of the top five guys in the kayak, probably in California right now. I mean, whether you agree with me or not, yes, you are. Um but you see these, it's the same group of like five to 10 guys, every tournament dominating. Yes. And, and they're not getting lucky. Let's be honest. No, no. Okay. I've got no. one more question for you. This is going to be a good one. This is, and this goes from the bass boat to the kayak, but we're, but, but we're, we're targeting kayak questions. Okay. okay. Let's talk, not clear Lake in the Delta. Let's talk reservoir fishing. I'm a mother okay. guy. You're okay. a motherload guy at heart here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, our motherload lakes, a lot of guys, they don't want to bring 8 to 10, 12, 27 rods like you do during a kayak tournament. Uh-huh. Um, they've got five rods they can take on their kayaks year-round, 12 months out of the year. Okay. What five baits are you going to have tied on 12 months out of the year, which I know seasonal makes a big difference, but your top five confidence baits out of the kayak? Just a shot out of a cannon here for you. Okay, so uh, assuming the fish are on the bottom, okay, <laughs> because you know, I love it. Uh, a jig, number one. Okay, uh, a tube, 
um, and then a jig, <laughs> probably a tube. Let's see, I got one more rod. It'd probably be uh, maybe a, a, a six-inch worm on a dart head. <laughs> yeah, a tube. So a jig, jig and a tube and a six-inch worm on a dart head. Yeah, you bet. Two yeah. jigs. He's gonna bring. You know, two, he's bringing two I jigs. Don't, I don't throw a drop shot very much. A hard a limit. I bring a drop shot with me. I rarely ever use it. it um, I I can't say I don't catch fish on it. I, I can't say. Dude, the guy caught a ten pounder on it at Don Pedro about. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. It's been a few years ago now. In, in like fifty foot of water, he caught a ten pounder on a drop shot at Don Pedro, and he's like, and like a. Yeah, it was a it was a custom pour four inch worm. A buddy of mine gave me a bag of like mm-hmm. a thousand of them. I gave him and Don about two hundred each mm-hmm. because he didn't like the color, and we hammered him on that color. I don't well, I I still I'm not big on the color, but anyway. And like a week later, he's going, God, I hate throwing a drop shot. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. There's, you know, uh, maybe you know, I don't know. Just. Um, I'd rather throw a California rig than a drop shot. And Explain a, the California rig because it's a, a lot finesse, of people don't know what that is. California rig. Finesse, yeah, it's a finesse Carolina rig. So is how I have it hooked up is I put a, um, I put a, um, a, a brass weight a glass bead, then I get two bobber stoppers and put on my line. And then, and then I put, uh, easy, it's a brush hog, a, a baby brush hog. And then, uh, I could get that, those two, um, uh, bobber stoppers and I could push it all the way to the hook and have brass and glass shaking on the bottom. Or I could, uh, I, could I could adjust it where it's 10 feet long or two feet long by just moving the bobber stoppers. Um, I wish I had that ability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and then, this is. I'm know, sorry, John. I, real quick, what you're talking about here is is not something that um, people I think in the last ten years have ever been exposed to. It's not something that that some right. kid who just started uh, even five years ago is going to find on even, on YouTube. Right. It, it's just that's no. What you're talking about is yeah. old school, great fishing yeah. knowledge. Amazing. And it catches and it catches the I, shit out of them. Trust I, me. I, I guarantee you, it will catch more fish than a drop shot. I'll guarantee you that. And then you know, well, one, one other well, thing. Oh, Ryan's too, feelings are hurt. You just you just hurt Ryan's feelings, John. <laughs> I think under certain conditions, but hey, I, I, believe me, I have no one to argue with what he has to say. So I'm not going to. I'll keep fishing, my mouth shut. If you're fishing vertically, uh, the drop shot will will beat the the California rig. If you're fishing. Um, where you're fishing flats and you're casting towards the bank, uh, I, I, I totally think that the California rig will outfish the drop shot. But vertically, no, the drop shot will, will catch more because it's not a vertical presentation. Yeah. With the, with the, the California rig. Now, yeah. you know, one other thing too is, is, uh, I hate to even put this out there, but so I've been experimenting with the Carolina rig. I'm a little late. And um, in the kayak, I got to tell you this. So I get in the kayak. I throw a one-ounce weight Carolina rig 
you know, this big old 15 pound test with a, a 10 or 12 pound leader, right? You know, five feet long, six feet long. I'll throw it out there and I'll get my kayak and I'll face it backwards. So my rod's pointing in front of me and I start moving that kayak about two miles an hour, maybe three. And I've been able to catch tons and tons of fish doing that through the rock, through the trees, through the mud, uh, in 50 and 60 feet of water. So, so John, as shallow as five or six. So just, I, mean, I want to clarify this. So you're, you're basically kind of doing what they call long lining, right? So you're, you're keeping your cast out, yeah. you're keeping your cast out, right. but you're moving your craft away from. So what you would normally do is, yeah, you're moving your lure with your, with your craft, with your boat or your kayak, but you're leaving the line mm-hmm. out. So it's staying deep. Yeah. yeah. See, and these are some of the, and then, that, and then that it, is, that's crazy. It is crazy. It, and, and you know something that it works, it works, it works really well. It works. It does, and the faster you go, the more intense the bites are. If you go slow, you get a few bites. But um, and how I found this out was that both of them in the kayak, the wind was blowing twenty five miles an hour, and uh, I couldn't position the boat to to even make a cast, much less even try to catch anything. I threw jig and lose the jig, throw a jig, lose the jig, throw a jig, lose the jig. I'm like, you know, something screw this, and I I had tied on the Carolina rig. And I threw it out, and then I just took my feet off the pedals, and I let the wind push me. And I was literally going two and a half miles an hour catching fish on that thing, on a brush hog, full-size brush hog uh, on the uh, Carolina rig. It was insane. So I couldn't believe it. I, I, I will say this. Um, my first tournament ever was last year, early last year, well, mid-last year, about more than a year ago now. And my, we weren't doing real well at McClure, uh, and my tournament partner, first time we'd ever been to McClure and we were trying to cover water. So I was on the front and I was just casting up and I was throwing, I don't know what I was throwing. It wasn't working, whatever I was throwing. And my partner was on the back throwing a jig up a little bit deeper, but I was moving so fast that he was having to, you know, really let out some line, jig that thing along the bottom. And doing that, right. he was able to get four or five bites towards the end of the day. And oh, it yeah. was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen anybody do it. And he's such a – he. I mean, we're both pretty novice, you know, this tournament stuff, and especially at that lake. But just doing that, I'm moving up, I'm casting forward, and he's just kind of working the back, doing the same thing you're talking about. Not really reeling, mm-hmm. just, just jigging as I'm working up the bank and was able to put – a lot of fish on the boat with the jig doing that. Actually, uh, it's good to do that in a team tournament. The guy in the back should kind of concentrate on those deeper fish while the guy in the front fishes from the bank to the, to the boat and mm-hmm. the guy in the back. That's, that's a good, a good way of, of kind of covering the whole spectrum. And then, uh, you know, once, once you kind of like, you know, if the guy in the front hammering them up on the bank, Obviously, the guy in the back needs to start casting towards the shore, too. Mm-hmm. But if the guy in the back's hammering him, you know, then, okay, well, maybe, you know, I need to move out deeper, you know, and cast in the deeper water and then, and then you know, do that. So that, those, are, those are adjustments in the decisions that people make throughout the day 
that make them do well. And, and that's how you, you do well in tournaments. You know, I think, you know, those adjustments. And you got to keep an open mind. Yeah. Open mind, totally open mind. If, if you think a certain way is going to work, it's not. I, I brought my, my, um, my niece's son and, and uh, my niece's husband fishing at Don Pedro. And uh, I caught him pretty good the weekend before. And in that weekend, he kind of struggled. But the kid, um, Anton, he figured them out. Never fished a day in his life. <laughs> and he, we were drop shotting a little tight tech. And he let it hit the bottom. And I told him, let it hit the bottom and kind of like pick it up. And then let it go back to the bottom. And then, you know, try picking it up like three feet off the bottom and go and drop it down and try about, you know, six feet, maybe, you know, reel it up a little bit off the bottom. But the kid started reeling real slow. I was watching my graft and I see like, it looked like to me a uh, um, bait fish, you know, but it was just two bait fish, but it was actually his bait. And then I see this fish come in and, and grab it and he goes, I got one. And I turned around and looked, I go, are you reeling in? He yeah. goes, yeah, I'm reeling in. So, you know, the kids never fished a day in his life. So so that was his first, well, first time in a boat in a bass boat fishing for bass. He fished before, but there you go, see? You know, you, you learn from everybody. And I always keep an open mind. And, and oh, I can tell you right now, there's been so fish. many people on my boat that have no clue what they're doing <laughs> that have taught me more than they will ever know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pay, pay attention to those little details and that, that goes a long way. <laughs> you know, I want to say one thing. What, uh, the worst thing to do, this I've learned this the hard way, is to go pre-fishing and you catch them on this one lure, okay, and you're, you're throwing, you know, let's just say you're, you're at Don Pedro and, and you go in the woods and, and you fish down these banks, come on jigs. So, and this is a true story. So I show up, I got four jig rods on the deck. And I fished for two hours and not got a bite. And this guy that's competing against me, he's throwing a spinnerbait down the bank, and I see he catches one in this tree. So I cut off my jig, I tie on a spinnerbait. Dude, I had 19 pounds by the end of the day all on spinnerbait. So, so don't think that you're going to catch them a Pacific way. Always keep your mind open about how to just get those bites. You know, obviously the, the, you know, watching that guy catch one, you know, led me to, Hey, you know, this is what I need to do. So. Hey Joel, uh, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember that Don Pedro tournament that you fished? Um, I think you fished it. It was a BBT. Our boys, Ricky Bobby. I want to say they had like a top 10 finish. Yep. Yep. They made some last-minute miracles happen. I was going to say, it was, it was that was the same thing. It kind of reminded me of, too. Yeah. Dude, it was it was one of those deals where, like, <clears throat> there should have not been a reaction bite in the afternoon, middle of wintertime. Yeah. Bite was tough. Everybody's fishing a jig deep. And they're like, dude, we were struggling, and we just went and did some random stuff, and I they caught, went and had a top-ten finish. Like, I caught one dude, fish. Me and, me and my partner caught one fish that day. And... We were and throwing, they picked up a spinnerbait. We were the jig. They picked up, I think that I'm pretty sure they picked up a spinnerbait uh, from what I remember. And they were back in some cuts and, and 
last hour, they just absolutely put the screws to him. Hammered him. Yeah. Dude, I saw Ricky out there today on the lake. I ran into him. Team Ricky Bobby. I, I, I didn't see Bobby. I, Ricky's out there trying to shake, and he had nobody out there to bake, and it was sad. But <laughs> um, that's another point. But, but, but he caught some good ones, so he's going to listen to it. Good job, Rick. Anyway, sorry. I got a little squirreled there. I apologize. I tend to do that. No, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's, that's, real, that's what you're talking about, though, John. is like, in yeah, my mind... Make those right adjustments. No, I, I would never have thought that day to pull out a spinnerbait. It just was not something that was in my thought process ever since then i usually keep one on i actually i make my own now because i think the spinnerbait and mm-hmm. I, i've caught a lot of fish since because i think the spinnerbait is an overlooked bait that can work in all situations don't ever overlook it yeah yeah it, believe it or not back in the back in the 90s uh i fished i fished a lot of different circuits and uh uh brian Raveth and i brian Raveth, he, he was like my mentor and uh, he even showed me how to sharpen a hook. I need to do a video on how to sharpen a hook. Yes, but, you do. Uh, that would be golden, by the way, John. <laughs> yeah, no one knows how to sharpen a hook the right way. But anyway, he uh, 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 he would say, yeah, just, you know, go up river. So he'd say, go up river, get a spinner bait and a little buck brush about two feet tall. Just go over there and find a flat, find that little buck brush. And then get that blade to it past it and bring it right through it. Dude, it was money. I mean, you give me that, right? You give me that, right? And and, and that's that's all you need. You know, you don't I don't care the spinnerbait. I don't you know, we're up over it. No, it doesn't really matter. Just it's the brush along the flat. basically the brush was like less than two feet of water. And you just get that spinnerbait and you just burn it and bring it through the brush. And the fish would come out of nowhere and, and hit that center bait, and it would fly three feet over before you even get set the hook. Or well, you could grab it and pull it back under the tree before you could set the hook. Well, and, John, that's the beauty of a spinner bait <clears throat> is before, before the chatter bait came along, that was really the only bait you could really do that with. Yeah, and the underspin kind of – the underspin's like a finesse. The chatter bait's like a – yeah, more of a thumping, yeah, um, paw daddy thing. Yeah, but yeah, the spinnerbait was like, you know, that's, that's people say it's old school, but no, it's kind of, but it's, it's, no, it's been not, around a long time. And it's and not it old works. school. If, if, if you're not throwing a right. spinnerbait, if it's not part of your regular repertoire, you're, you're missing out, I think. Cause I thought oh, the yeah. same way. Oh, I, yeah. I thought that it was more of an old school thing, and the times I did use it, I didn't have much confidence, mm-hmm. so I didn't keep it out long enough. And now that I've actually used it, there's mm-hmm. days where it's really, really tough, and I'll pull out the spinner bait, and it'll save me from a skunk day. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, years and years ago, fishing West Coast bass, uh, D. Thomas uh, said to me, "There's always fish shallow." He said it a little differently, kid. There's always fish shallow. Yep. This is what I would recommend you to do. <laughs> you know, and, and I was just starting out. He was, he was, you know, he was definitely helping. Good guy. But uh, it's true. There's, there's always fish shallow. Uh, I don't care where you're at, what lake. Uh, doesn't mean there's a bunch of them shallow, but you know, middle winter, uh, they're shallow too. There's shallow mm-hmm. fish. I've done really well fishing shallow. 
yeah. in wintertime and deep. So I concur on that one. Yeah, yeah. One thing about a kayak I want to I want to kind of push on is uh, um, you know a, a rod company uh, can make some good money by by designing rods specific for a kayak. And, and what what I mean by that is, so they say get a short butt. You know, I like I like a long handle where I can put it underneath my armpit. And, I and, like long butts, and I cannot lie. So. <laughs> Boom! I knew that was coming. I saw that one coming. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, and then uh, rods with a lot of parabolic bend. You know, um, so the the rods I have they're really 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 good rods. But for certain techniques, for instance, like punching in a kayak. So when you punch in a kayak and you set the hook, the kayak goes forward. All right. So then you lose a little bit of that momentum. Then you need to have a real high speed reel, right? So you need to keep that rod bent. And what happens is when, when you go forward in the kayak, the rod loses a little bit of its bend. And the high speed reel, you got to like really crank down really fast. Yeah. Because what what happens is you you don't have that leverage to get that fish out, and your rod will 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 lose its bend, parabolic bend, and then the fish comes off. So you keep them pinned. You know what I mean? You need that bend in a boat. You know, I just lean back, right, and kind of like lean back a little more, and give it a couple cranks, and lean a little more, and the fish comes to the top, and then you just like swing them aboard. Well, on the kayak... It's hand-to-hand combat, man. You, you literally have to grab your line and pull the fish out with your line in your hand because you don't have that leverage. The kayak moves forward, and it, and it pulls down. It just, you know, and um, I, I'm still trying to find a real good rod for punching for in a kayak. What would, what would be um, the fix there? What would be the fix there, John? Longer rod or more... Um, more, more parabolic or i i like a long rod with with a lot of parabolic bend yeah i mean bend from the from the handle all the way to the tip almost like a super fast rod but with a real strong rod you know they have to have like a a heavy moderate fast if that's even possible fast tip you know heavy to make it so yeah, so I mean, heavy and moderate is, is doable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jot that add, down in my notebook real quick. If you add fast to it, you, you can't put fast with heavy or moderate. Right? I mean, but yeah, um, yeah. I have I have a, a rod that's, that's seven and a half foot long, and it's a spinning rod, and I love this thing because it bends my hand all the way to the tip. And when I peg a fish with that thing, I'm confident I'm gonna get it in the boat. You know, but, you know, I don't have 65-pound tests on it, you know. And, and and I wouldn't punch with that either. But because – and that's what that's what I've learned about the kayak is, is you know, the rod is everything. It really is. Um, and, and for me, it, it's, it's not the same uh, if you're fishing out of a boat compared to a kayak. You need to have more of a bend. You keep that bend in the rod. Mm-hmm. In order to to help you fight that fish and get it to the boat, as soon as that rod points, you put a little slack in your line. It's just a hook. Just you know? just just real quick, for those of you that are out there listening that fish out of a kayak, 
you need to rewind for the last two minutes and listen to what he just said again, because that is, I'm not a kayak fisherman, but I do understand the fundamentals of, 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 of bass fishing and, and keeping a fish pinned and what you need to do and not to do. And what he just gave you is absolute money. That's this, this whole, I'm going to call this podcast the bank because he has deposited so much money into it. Ka-ching. I yeah. mean, from you start know, to finish, I, John, I, I mean, yeah. you have given us some pure gold. I appreciate Dude, and John that. won't hold back. I mean, he's not no, here to keep I, secrets from you. He wants to help yeah. people. Yeah, I, I could, I, I'll tell you the exact lures and, and locations and stuff like that. It's not going to help people because it's that, that was last week. Yep. I'm going to say that was yesterday. John's the, John's the, the fishing Messiah. Like he is really here to save you fishing souls because this is what it's all about. It's not about someone coming on here, giving you, you know, all the juice. It's not about that. It's about figuring this stuff out for yourself. Mm -hmm. John's going to give you steps one, two, and let's figure out three and four for ourselves. Uh, One other thing too, I, I, um, I was, in a body of water. I won't say which one. Uh, I pulled up. Well, that's just ridiculous. How dare you, John? I literally (laughs) hammered, hammered within a half an hour. I hammered 20 to 22 pounds of fish. And I did extremely well in this kayak tournament. And uh, um, later that week, I got a phone call from a gentleman. And I told him exactly where I was at, what I was doing. And this guy wins a big tournament on that spot, not doing what I was doing, but he figured out how to catch those bigger fish amongst a group of five to six other boats on the same spot, which is very small. Mm-hmm. But he figured out how to get him to react and how to catch the bigger one. Now, that's the difference between me saying, hey, go over here and do this, right, you know, at this spot. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. You need to figure out yourself with your confident bait or, or whatever it is, you, you know, what, when you get that bite, it may be whatever it is, whatever lure, then you have to fine-tune that and go with that. And don't get me wrong, this person is a really good fisherman. And he, and he does extremely well in tournament. But, you know, uh, he called me and I, and, and I told him, I said, hey, way to go. And this is what I told him. You figured out how to catch those fish and how to trigger them. That's why you won the tournament and no one else got fish there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you just pointed him in the right direction. Yeah, and he went with the rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so again, that's why I say it doesn't matter what I tell you. That was, that was 15 minutes ago. But if you just kind of keep with it and figure it out on yourself, on your own, in your confident base, you know, I can tell you, you know, go throw this frog in this location and you'll throw it for two hours and I get a bite and think, you know, this guy's, you know, give me the, the, uh, the crap there and then you're the, you're the bad then you're the bad guy right john you're the bad guy <laughs> right right yeah dude if john and i talk i mean we talk about fishing all the time i mean we 
we very much share a lot of info. We help each other out. Um, if I go out and smash him on a lake that John wants to go fish that weekend, John will call me up and say, Hey, what was the pattern? Are they on steep bluff walls? Are they on the main lake points? What depth of water are they in? John will never even ask, and I will never ask him. This goes both ways. What bait or what color we caught them on? Because that doesn't matter to us. Because that changes every single day. Right. But 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 if you get a general idea what these fish are doing, what are they moving up on? What are they feeding on? Mm-hmm. Um, what what general depth are they using? Then we'll go figure it out from there. He, you know, and we get a lot of calls. Both of us. I mean, I I get a whole bunch. John gets a whole bunch. Dude, what bait did you catch them on? What color? And we'll mm-hmm. tell them exactly what it was because we don't care because that doesn't matter. It doesn't. They won't even ask you what was the pattern. I mean, they don't even think like that. Like, dude, what color drop shot worm were you using? I'm like, well, I was using green pumpkin black flake, but I could have thrown 20 colors at them. It wouldn't have made a difference. You know, that's like an easy, that's neat. That's an easy. It's an easy give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I say that's what I said earlier about your confidence base. Everybody's got their confidence lure and their confidence base, you know, but. The, uh, don't get stuck doing that all the time. Uh, um, different bodies of water, you have to, uh, I call it, attack them differently. Um, so, for instance, you know, uh, would I throw a dart-headed tube at Curl Lake in the weeds? No. Oh, you know, why would I want to feel miserable picking weeds out of my <laughs> dart head all day long? You know what I mean? W- would I put it on a Texas rig? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I would Texas rig it if I was going to throw a tube. So again, you know, it, it's it's about it's about the area you're fishing. What's you know the highest percentage lure that you, you know you have confidence in that that you still through your experience and your knowledge and what you've seen fishing and then once you go to that then then sometimes you need to move to something a little different and and to uh have a uh fishing network of people that you're 100 percent honest with that you trust sorry that, but... you, that you, you trust and that don't mislead you and, and and all, all you got to do is like, hey, you know, I'm doing this or this and this. So we all kind of feed off of that. And then we learn new techniques and new ways of, of catching the, the fish instead of just looking at it one direction. You know, for instance, uh, uh, a kayak buddy of mine, really, really good kayak fisherman, one of the best kayak fishermen. And uh, he's never owned a spinnerbait. And I. I told him, yeah, normally when I see this happening, I'll get a spinnerbait and I'll throw up, burn it, stop it, burn it, stop it. And, and I'll get next to the weeds and usually the fish will just, you know, they can't stand it and they just eat it. But I couldn't get none of them to react to it. Well, the day of the tournament, we went to the factory store, he, he bought a spinnerbait. First spinnerbait he ever owned. And he said he caught six in a row on it. <laughs> he, says, he says, now i got to buy a bunch of spinnerbait. <laughs> you know? So... So again, you know, that's what I mean by, by you see off each other and then you learn new techniques, even though they might not be new, but they're new to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that you, 
like really don't have confidence in, but yet, you know, hey, I might as well try it because, you know, John said this, you know. And, and two, I, we feed off each other. We don't necessarily say, you know, uh, you know, exact location, but, you know, give me a pattern, you know, and I'll figure it out from there. And, and, and that's the biggest thing, you know, to give someone a pattern. And, and again, too, pattern worked 15 minutes ago. It worked last week, but again, you know, things change. And that's the other thing. Just like, you know, I went to the lake with four jig rods and two hours later and I had a bite and cut that off and put a spinnerbait on and proceeded to win the tournament, you know. So, well, I, so again, you know. You, you, you stud alert. To, stud alert. Sorry. You, you have to always, you know, be versatile and have a, an arsenal of lures that you're confident with, you know, and and know when to change. The crazy, I can't tell you how many times I've been fishing in the boat or in the kayak, and I've been catching them on this chatterbait. Just, you know, I'm rolling in real slow. My rod's going, da, 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 da. and all of a sudden the rod goes, da, da, and it stops. I know if he's got it, he's swimming at me. I roll back, set the hook. Now all of a sudden, 15 minutes, I haven't been bit. Pick up a spinnerbait, first cast, boom, you know, next cast, boom, you know what I mean? So it's, you gotta, you gotta know when to change too, you know, not, just don't think that one way is the right way. That's why I always bring so many rods with me in the kayak. And, and yeah, you know, sometimes I just throw one rod or two, and, but I have the other ones there as well. And, and that little voice in your head, I haven't got to this part yet. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on but you, <laughs> but you only throw one at a time, though. You only throw one at a no. time, John. <laughs> no, this. What? Okay, I'm. I'm going to give everybody a, a big, big heads up here. Listen to what he's going to tell you. I can tell you from so much experience. I could, Joel. We could do a whole podcast just on this. We're going to listen to what he's going to tell you right now. I already know. I could already tell the the foreshadowing was there. I'm glad you did it. Listen up here, John. Go ahead with that. All right. So uh, that inner voice. Uh, listen to it. It works. It's telling you what you need to do to catch those fish, and. and uh, you know, that's why I, I mentioned a little earlier. What are you feeling? You know what I mean? You know how many times I've asked my team partner, what are you feeling? You know, and if they have nothing, you know, then they got nothing. But however, there's times where I'm feeling we need to go over here and throw some top water. Okay, let's, let's go try over here and, and, and throw some jigs deep. You know, okay, you're feeling that? Yes, I'm feeling it. Okay, let's do it. You know, and, and so... For instance, you know, like uh, recently at Clear Lake, I- I'm catching them really good on buzzbait, and and I can't get bit, and fish are blowing up all around me, and I have the LV right there. I pick up the LV, fish blows up, I make a crappy cast towards it, four feet away from it, make two cranks, and the fish has got it good. I mean, like swallowed it almost, and I'm like, okay, there we go. You know, LV time, you know. And, yeah, I still went back to the buzz bit because I knew I could get some good bites and the bigger bites. But that voice in my head told me, throw this, you know, do this. I, I pull up 
come to the area and it's funny. It's like, you know, oh, this is what I need to do. So I pick up a rod and I throw it and I catch a fish. And, and it's crazy. I, it, it worked so many times. So listen to that voice that's telling you to do this or to be, you know, to, to make a little bit of an adjustment. Throw that different lure, you know, at a specific location or whatever. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the lake and I'm just crushing them on jigs. And, uh, you know, I haven't even picked up a tube or, or dart head worm yet or a California rig. And something tells me, you know, throw that worm right over there and let it hit the bottom and give it a couple shakes. Give it the Tom Pedro shake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shake, 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 shake. Well, that's a whole other inside thing there. Shake, yeah. shake, 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 shake. Stop. Drag a little bit, pick it up, nothing there. Shake, 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 shake. Stop. Drag. Ryan, you told all of us there's no shaking involved. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, listen to that inner voice. It, it's one hundred percent of the time it's gonna work. So, uh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time, but more often than you would realize. Yes. Yeah. And I firmly believe, John, and uh, dude, I mean, and we don't have any science behind this. This is not something that you can prove, but I firmly believe, and I'm not trying to get all weird on you guys here, but I firmly believe that we have a, just a natural sense in us to be in tune with nature that we don't even understand that the more time you spend on the water that you're going to yep. just start trusting mm-hmm. and, and dude, you'd yeah. be, I, I mean, me and John have, both talked about this. There's been so many times we've got a game plan in our heads, right? Dude, I did this on a guide trip, like, I don't know, six weeks ago at Maloney's. This was our plan. We were catching good ones. I knew what we were going to do. This is our exact game plan. And it was working. It was working. We're going to start lower Lake. We're going to fish flooded willow trees. We're going to run up river. We're going to run this pattern, this bite. We're doing good four trips in a row. And something told me, there's a steep bluff wall in the main lake right before the first bridge that I have never fished in my life. And something told me, you need to go throw a big, and it was a, a strike King, um, mega dog or sexy dog, the real big spook type bait. The strike King makes something that I don't throw very often. Something said, you need to go throw this right there. And I told my clients, dude, and we were, I've had them out a few times. We're buddies. And I go, dude, I'm going to go catch a big one right here. Watch this. And I swear to you guys, I'm not making this up. This is my buddy Lalo. He can back me up on this. We still talk about this to this day. Well, it's only been six weeks ago, but we still talk about it. Um, I threw that bait out there on this spot that I've never fished with full confidence. I walked it three times and caught a five and a half pounder. And I like, dude, I knew that was going to happen. And I cannot explain it to you. Why it happened, I don't know, but something told me, go do this, and it's going to happen. That's time on the and, water. That's time on the water. But even if you're new and something tells you to go do this and try it, that's what John's telling you. Absolutely. Just, do just, that. just tr- yeah. trust your gut instinct. But don't, I also don't want people to think, like, go out there and be like, oh, I know it. I'm going to go right there. I'm going to throw this, uh, I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever you want, a uh, uh, lunker hunt spider. It's going to work right there. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. Right. Don't, 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 well, yeah. Don't trust everything you watch on YouTube either. Yeah, exactly, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's time on the water, really, is where that this, what, it, what you guys are talking about though does come with time on the water. I oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you you earn it. You definitely have to earn it. You, if you don't know it, then you just don't know it, and you don't know when to change and make those adjustments. But uh, you learn it. You, you learn that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Johnny. Yo, Johnny M. Hey, before we forget, so you've had some big sponsors throughout the years and really in this kayak stuff that have been helping you out. Do you want to give anybody a shout-out out there? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, Wild West, uh, Jeremy DeHart, uh, great guy. Uh, recommend fishing his, his uh, circuit, uh, especially the kayak circuit and the, the boat team and his pro circuit. Uh, they have Apex, which is a, a, a group of guys that, that basically – uh, it's a new type of format. You guys got to check it out. Uh, super clean. Uh, they've, they've helped me tremendously. Uh, they have great product. If you haven't tried it, I have samples. You see me, I usually have some in my truck. I'll be glad to give you some samples. Try it. I'm, you can I, buy it at I'm still waiting on mine, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll give you a big jug. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got a couple jugs too. They have a lot of different products. Um, I uh, recently uh, I was working in the yard replacing um, a broken water pipeline, and I got that glue all over my fingers, that blue cleaning stuff. And, and I don't know if anybody's ever tried to get that off your hands, but you have it's to wear called it off Christie's. Your it's called Christie's Red Hot Blue Glue. Yes, yeah, and it's the primer is what I'm talking about, the purple stuff. I got I got that that uh, super clean. Put it on my hand, rubbed it around a little bit, and that stuff came right off. You know, so you know the stuff really does work. And degreaser, if you have like wool bearing, you know, been spitting grease on your wheel, uh, spray a little bit on it, wipe a little bit, spray it off. It'll look brand new. Uh, spoked rims and stuff like that, spray it on there, spray it off with the hose. It's that easy. Stuff awesome. really does work. And then uh, of course uh, Joey at uh, uh, stage stop, uh, great guy, um, a heck of an entrepreneur. He, uh, uh, super guy. And, uh, you have to buy his store in that water. Uh, you need to stop by there. He's got a lot of good stuff. And that's the gun shop. That's stage stop gun shop. Yeah. The gun shop. Yeah, yeah. you do. And, and, and out I, I know for a fact, yes, you do have to stop by. I went by for the first time two days ago. Yeah, you got to go by that mm-hmm. place. And go yeah. ask for Diana. She'll hook you up yep. with whatever yeah. you need. Yep. Yes. He's got some great customer service there. Diana is one of the best at the shop. Yeah, great people over there. Yeah. The, um, they have, you can shoot pistols there. Go there and rent, rent some pistols, try them out before you buy them. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I highly suggest doing that. Great tackle uh, selection as well. They do, actually. Um, they have a great tackle yeah. selection. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I get a lot of my stuff from there. And uh, uh, Ryan Cook Fishing, if, if you want to go have fun in a boat and catch some fish, that's kind of the bonus part. You know, hook up with <laughs> Ryan Cook. This guy's fun. <laughs> he really is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, uh, I got I to gotta say one thing real quick. So Ryan and I, we fished uh, those... Uh, I think it was an ABA Don Pedro, and uh, we go in this one area, and the birds are working, 
And uh, um, I, when I drive in there, I see my graph, and it lights up. And I looked, and I was like, man, that's like a bunch of fish busting gates, you know? And, but, you know, our, our game plan was to do this, right? So, with it, like Brian said, it worked, right? But we, it was like those birds kept working, and, and Ryan and I were like, let's go over to the birds, right? So, we go over to these birds, and uh, I don't know how many fish we caught spooning, but it was like every drop. Remember that, Ryan? Yeah, I remember that, but the way you're telling the story is that we were catching all these fish. Okay, here's the real story, Joel. John was catching these fish on a spoon, and I could not cull them out as quick as he's catching them. I was down on my hands and knees culling and sticking fish out of 60 foot of water while he's catching them. So um, I played boat bitch that day, but I was, but as always at a team tournament, I'm happy to do so. I had no problem with that. John was catching these fish. I'd play boat bitch to John any day. <laughs> it was, it was, whichever guy's catching them, then the other guy needs to be the boat, the boat, uh, the boat guy. <laughs> That's you know what he said. He was going to say real, the, boat the boat guy. The boat guy. No, yeah. I was the I was the boat bitch. I have a T-shirt that proves it for that day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I will tell you this though. And it shows his belly ring. <laughs> I, and I and I <laughs> and I usually charge extra for some belly ring, belly but ring. um. <laughs> Dude, it, it's a spare, it's a spare, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spare you, drop shot in case I run low. Oh, no, I, I don't he, anymore. I just I, love that he said belly I don't ring. anymore. <laughs> God, I, I love you too, John. Oh, um, John, you rock. You rock work. Hey, I, I, got, I got a bunch of good ones, but I'm being really good tonight. You I, are. You one on one. You're being so. You're being so cordial, John. Yeah. I know. I, oh, God. I got. I got to be careful. So I don't. I don't you know. No, dude. Open, open the floodgates. <laughs> I don't care. I, hey, I'm not proud. Let's have some fun. Yeah. yeah I'm just, there's a time and place for everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Although that, that that really tight shirt he got that's like five sizes too small, you know. And, and anyway, I didn't realize hook, they made double X's back then, John. <laughs> when he no. the hook, it really it really pulls up, you know. <laughs> He's got this this uh, uh, I think it's a ruby. I'm not quite sure, but it's a gemstone, John. Oh, okay. I, I thought it might have been lint at first, but no. I I yeah. might have had some belly button lint working. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the point is, though, and and one thing I do want to touch on for all, and we've got a lot of people out there listening that fish team tournaments, yeah. and me and John have had a lot of team partners over the years, and unfortunately, we unfortunately we have not fished a lot of team tournaments together. We fished a handful, right. and. Typically, we do very well, and mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that I cannot stress enough, and I know John will back me up on this. We've talked about this many times. There cannot be any ego in the boat as far as who's catching the fish. No, never. It, never. it does not matter. If John's up there catching them or I'm up there catching them, mm-hmm. we're back there behind that guy or in front of that guy, whatever the case may be, going, dude, what do you need? Let mm-hmm. me hand you Water. another rod. Mm-hmm. Let me retie your baits. Do you want a foot mm-hmm. massage? Do you want a sandwich? What do you need? No, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Well, there was that one time, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That you know, that's one thing. Uh, a team partner when, when uh, fishing the pro am too. You know, you get you get uh, uh, teamed up with the stranger, 
So, you know, you really have to be uh, able to get along with people to, to make your day enjoyable. And, uh, you know, I, I can only say one time when I was on the pointy end of the boat back in the 90s fishing a pro-am, I, I teamed up with a gentleman that <clears throat> he, he was trying to be on the pointy end of the boat. So I basically told him, you know, once you get your boat and you're on the pointy end, you can make the decision. Until then, you know, I need to make them. So, and, you know, that was a nice way of saying, you know, shut up and fish. So, yeah. You know, <clears throat> but, you know. And it, Just don't have, don't have that ego, though, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's catching them. Everybody's going to have their day. There's days John catches them. There's days I catch them. On the good days, we both catch them. Yeah, but yeah, on, the, on the good days, we, we yeah. yeah. But it doesn't. But it doesn't matter. Is the whole point, you know? Yeah, but you still want to. You still want to be able to, to add to the to the pike fish limit. You know, at least say you you caught. You know, if you caught one, that'd be what twenty percent. You want to be at least twenty percent in there. <laughs> hey John, I will settle for zero percent if we fit, if we win the tournament. I don't give a oh, shit. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'll, I'll be that boy and water boy. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go manly get to the trailer. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And I've had some really good team partners. You know, Don Longton and I we fished a long, long time together, and uh, uh, that guy can catch some fish. He catches fish. I don't care where you're at. He'll he'll figure out how to catch fish. He's really good in the back of the boat, and, and he's the guy that has enough patience to figure it out and catch those fish. You know, yeah. I, a lot of times I get I, I call it spinning out. You know, I think we all do this in tournament. You know, you start to spin out because things aren't working, and you know you're fighting against time. Uh, so. You know, you figure something out, then then I slow down and and then go with you know the flow, and uh, no, that's part of the team team thing. Is you know, if if one guy's catching them, you know, then just make a little adjustment and both of you are catching them. You know, that's it. Yeah, yep. yeah. It'd be nice to to you know do really well in every tournament, but that's that's not possible. I'm. Uh, this last kayak tournament was probably like one of my worst um, showings yet, um, and that was at Clear Lake. And uh, um, I struggled to, to, to catch fish, and uh, I made a few adjustments. Um, I think back, you know, I, I probably should have launched the other area the second day and the third day, and just you know scrap everything and uh we were i was staying at a, a house with a bunch of other people and kind of knew where everybody else was fishing and i really didn't want to you know show up at their ramp and there's only like like uh a couple ramps right now that are actually accessible in a kayak right now too so uh or even one maybe maybe three in a boat right now but yeah go to clear lake and uh, and and go take a bunch of waypoints and take pictures because it's not often that the lake is as low as it is now. So when the lake goes up, you, you got all these nice little structures and, and rock piles and tires and and you know pipes and you name it. 
you know, you know where they're at now, you know. So, again, you know, it doesn't mean that it will hold fish, but it sure helps, you know, when you get on a pad and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a rock pile over here, you know. Or, oh, yeah, there's this long pipe that goes way out over here, and you know. So, you know, Clear Lake is fishing a lot different than most places, but, yeah, to know where all that stuff's at can be real helpful. Yes, sir. Uh, I kind of went a little overboard in my kayak. I actually have a troll motor for the front now and the back. Um, Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, John. Hold on, John. Hold on. I got to stop you, John. So I knew about the front. I know about the bow mounts. And you have yeah. one in the back as well? Yeah. Oh, this is getting crazy. Yeah. This is just getting insane. Yeah. The, the one in the back is it? Is Dude, a, that's for like part two of the story right there. No, I mean, I, no, I think we need to like, honestly, we need to get back on the next podcast needs to be about like how to rig your kayak because you're going to pretty much oh, yeah. put a main on the back and you're going to have your bow mount. Mm-hmm. You got to have mm-hmm. what, like a hundred pounds worth of batteries in that thing? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, no, you're, I'm sorry, yeah. you're going with lithium. You're going with lithium. Yeah, that's a must. <laughs> They're expensive, but you get yeah. a lot of life out of them. Yeah. The the trolling motor I have in the front weighs 26 pounds by itself. And then um, I have the battery weighs 24 pounds, and that's in the back. I put that in the back. Now, I don't run both at the same time. Not yet. I haven't. I'm not allowed to. just yet. They may change that. Um, but the, the one in the back... It uh, doesn't have spot lock, and it doesn't have any north heading or anything like that. It just basically pushes your kayak, and it pushes it, like, over five miles an hour. So, so you know, if I feel I need to make a long run someplace and, and then make a lot of moves, I'll, I'll have that towing motor on. But if I'm going to kind of stay close and, and I'm going to fish a lake and I'm going to be fishing offshore, then I'll put the towing motor in the front of the spot lock. In the north heading, and basically I could stand right there and fish in one spot and never even have to pedal, you know, just press a little button. So, yeah, yeah, it, it kind of overkill in a way, but uh, you know, you uh, you could you could do it with a a, pe- a, a paddle as well. You just people do really good with paddle kayaks. I've seen it. It's just a little more frustrating because every time you you get blown off the spot, you gotta, like you said, paddle all the way back and position yourself, and then make that next cast. You know, and and you know we all know that that bow position is huge, critical. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, uh, well, Ryan? Do we do we keep him on long enough? Has he given enough and an, up enough lucky charms? Well, the problem is you can't really get him to talk, you know, so you just got, you know, I mean, he, no, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, he doesn't like taking the floor. You know something, uh, uh, spooning, you gotta, people, people really don't know how to spoon, to be honest with you. Um, and they don't know how to got, utilize their, I got so their, many jokes I want to make right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah. To an extent, you know, people have certain knowledge about spooning, but I tell you what, there there is a, a a way 
that ice spoon that I think it it it, it works really well. And, and you know, I I have my electronics and I and I basically use my electronics to uh, um, find the fish and basically make my presentation. So I, I kind of, you know, I didn't hit it really good, but um, uh, there's a lot to it. And that's just one little technique, you know. Um, John. Jigs, you know. I mean, come on. I mean, how many different ways can you throw a jig? Hey, Johnny so, Myers. Yeah. I love you to death. You are like, you are basically family to me. But the spooning podcast needs to be another one all in itself because we're going to go oh, yeah. two hours on no, just spoon and, and fish. Honestly, oh, yeah. I think the spoon one needs, we need to wait for spoon season because it's something that yeah. I'm not good at and Ryan, you're pretty good at and I'm pretty sure John is a master at. So we need to have John back on just for a spoon episode. Can we do that? I agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fall time spooning with John and fishing. Yeah, fall and winter. Yeah, and summertime. The spoon works in the summer too. Right now. Yep. Right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's absolutely spoon fish to be caught right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about fishing. I mean, you can you can never never end until you know. Um, doing a long time. I tell you what, I learn every time I go out. I learn from from uh, uh, a lot of different guys, and, and I've learned a whole bunch from these guys in these kayaks. Um, and, and the guys in the kayaks are really, really good fishermen. Um, uh, when, when a boat, a guys in boats approach a guy in the kayak and you see that guy in the kayak catching fish after fish after fish. And then the, the people in the boat are like, dude, what are you doing? You know, you got to remember that the guy in the kayak, um, you know, may have a boat, may not, most likely does. Might not. I don't know. But uh, they, they really figure things out. They really do. I mean, um, there's a lot of good kayak fishermen. There's a lot of them. And, and uh, um, I've always said if a lot of the, uh, there's a big group of kayak fishermen that if they ever get a, a bass boat and they apply what they've learned in the kayak to the bass boat, a lot of the tournament guys are going to be in big trouble. Oh, yeah. There's oh. no doubt about that one. Yeah, they, they're really in tune. I'm, I'm telling you, there's there's these guys I know that um, Damian Town and, and Taz Mua. There's two of them right there. Uh, Freaking hammers, talented, dude! Extremely talented. Extreme. I, I love talking to these guys. I could talk to these guys all day long. You know, and and, and I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't I, believe I, it. Yeah, they don't believe it. Yeah, they, they're really good fishermen. <laughs> They they figure them out. Trust me, they figure them out. And they know a lot more than a lot of people do. Uh, and, and I I can honestly say they know a lot more than I do, and they're a lot younger than me. Yeah. And, and uh, but, but these are guys that you network with and you share. Yeah. Like you guys all help each other out, and you oh, know, yeah. and oh, it yeah. and it works. There's a lot you've taught them, and there's a lot they've taught you. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We so. we we share yeah share techniques and stuff. Yeah. Hey, well, John, I I don't want to speak for Joel here. I have loved this. I could go on for another four hours, but I yeah, still got to eat. I still got to eat dinner and wake up at three thirty in the morning. I gotta go buy a refrigerator. <laughs> I gotta go buy. Oh, a you, oh my god! <laughs> I gotta Tonight, go 
fucking $3,000. You got to go buy a refrigerator. John, why are you talking about you have a refrigerator to buy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to go spend some money. Yeah. Oh, my, Joel, Joel, dude, I told you you're going to love this guy. I do. I And honestly, I can't stop listening. Like, if anybody's listening yeah. to this and they're not getting information out of it, it's like, we, we, I mean, John, we do this podcast to like help people, like get, like help people yeah. get real good information, not trying to hype stuff, not trying to push anybody one way or the other. You come on here and literally drop a gold mine on people and I can't stop yeah, I, you. I like that. And, mm-hmm. but, I, but I, I, like I, I do want you to have refrigerated food. So you should. You know, yeah, yeah I, I have a hat. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the hat around to all these listeners and see if I can get it full. They'll pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> what That's do what we? I do. I, when I go to when I go to buy the refrigerator, I go, "Hey, you get a hat?" Oh. And they're like, "What?" I go, "Yeah, I need a hat to pass around. See how much money I can collect to pay for this damn thing." And they're like, "Look at me, like what?" <laughs> <laughs> They don't. Oh they know. They, they don't know about passing around the hat. That was that was twenty years ago. They, these people are way too young to know about passing around hats. Right. That's old school. That's old school stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. My wife always tells me people don't understand my sense of humor. Yeah. Well. Joel and I understand it, and we appreciate yeah. it, and more importantly, we embrace it. Uh, you know, uh, Joel and Ryan, I really appreciate you, you guys having me on, and, and I hope someone learned something from what uh, we talked about, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again sometime, whenever whenever you want to No, <laughs> well, we're going to do it. I'm, I'm co-host of this podcast now, but I'm... I'm far from the boss, so that's up to the boss man himself. But no, I, no, no, no. We'll I have you on again for sure, John. Again. We'll have you on for sure again, yeah. John. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I always like talking. We can talk about whatever. We can talk about anything. I want to know. Funny. I want to know more about refrigerators. Yeah, I got one right now. I'll give you. <laughs> it works when it wants to. It works when it wants to. <laughs> right now. It, it, I got a cousin it, like that. It, it comes on, you know, then it <laughs> runs a little bit, then it shuts off. Like, really? Man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, Johnny, thank you so much, dude. It was, hey, it's you, been man. a pleasure. Thank it's been you. awesome. Yeah, that I love fun, it. It's, it. I mean, like, it's basically been our weekly talk, but we recorded it for once, so it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one other thing I want to say. See me right here. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me a kayak question. He asked me one day if I wanted to go fish a, a, a circuit, and I was real hesitant and never been in a kayak. And, and you know that first fish I caught, I'll never forget it. Don't flip the kayak. Here I go, ready? <laughs> <laughs> I got that fish. It was like a four-and-a-half-pounder. That's know? a heck of a start to your kayak yeah. days right there, bud. Right? right? I wish yeah. I'd have started that way. Yep. Yeah. Big shout out to Steve Melander. That guy's helped us yeah. both out a whole lot. Yeah, like that's another guy, guy we need to talk about in the future for sure. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. Thank you, John. I All really right, appreciate you. All right. Thank you guys. Hey, hey, Johnny. I'll talk to you tomorrow, brother. All right, man. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Joe. See ya. The dude has more time and experience on the water than just about anybody I know, and he's not even that old. He's been doing this so long.
And to find somebody that is just a tournament angler, he's not out trying to promote himself. He's not out trying to sell anything. He is literally just trying to give people some good info and help them. Um, man, I, I know it was long, but I hope you guys appreciated that because there's so much good stuff in what he said tonight. Every single time <laughs> he is long winded, but every single time we were like, what's going to come next. Is he going to talk? And he would drop another like gem. If you guys stuck with it, everything he said there is going to make you a better angler. 100%. 100%. One, you took the words out of my mouth. 100%. And, and he's not, he's not trying to throw you curveballs. He's not trying to be vague. I mean, he's given you the goods, you know, and, and he's given you a bunch of the pieces of the puzzle um, to go out and get started with, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. He, he mentioned the, he brings out his, his uh, drop shot rod. And he, he never uses it. He said he looks like a porcupine out there because he's got all of his rods. Um, I took all of my rods out two days ago. All of my tackle, everything, because uh, I had to take my boat to Boatmasters. Shout out to Boatmasters. They made everything super easy. I'm sorry, I'm this is a, a, a shameless plug, but sent it No, they deserve it. Yeah, took took it up there. Getting in was easy. Like go in there. Hey man, unhook your boat. They took it. Go in the front. Literally from start to finish. I had my son in the back. He's been a little sick, so he can't go to school until he gets his COVID test back. So he was just in the back of the truck. And not in the bed of the truck, but you know, regular back of the truck that's illegal yeah it's illegal yeah. and you wouldn't want to put a kid back there anyway but uh walk in he goes what's your name boom 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 ask him a little bit about bass cat boats and it was one of the most clean and then i get home and he's like we're gonna try to get you done early and i also and the, the one the crazy thing was halfway there i forgot my cover for my boat because i knew it was going to be out there for a while because my service isn't actually until tuesday but we're going to be out of town this weekend. And he goes, did you bring your cover? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And I was like, I can't believe you even asked that. He's like, I can tell this is a garage boat. I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. I don't have it. It's fine. It's only a couple days. Went inside. He asked me a couple things. And he's like, well, do you have a preference inside or outside? And I'm like, well, I keep it in the garage. He's like, oh, we'll keep it inside over the weekend. I'm like, man, that's crazy. That's cool. That's super cool. That's super nice and of I've you th- to even think of, of that. And I've seen your boat, and I know how much that means to you. It's it's unlike my boat. My boat gets cleaned once a month if I'm lucky. Well, you're out. It's dirty. You're out every. And your day. boat is immaculate. No, it's not. But it, it's white, so it it looks like it is. But it, you know, it was just nice to have that kind of customer service. And I get home, and I get a call. I just got home from Livermore. It's only like an hour, and it's like oh, and it was a message. Hey, you know got something to talk to you about your boat. And I'm like, Oh shit. What, what happened? What happened? Oh God. It's going to be more expensive than I thought. And he goes, Oh no. Yeah. You were right about the bearings. They, they're, they're real close and whatever, whatever gave me the whole estimate. All right. We're going to try to get it done by tomorrow at noon. If you want to come pick it up. And I'm like, dude, that's going to, that might give me an extra fishing day this year by them trying to finishing it up early. So those extra fishing days are, huge especially yeah especially when you only you don't have a whole lot of days off and um so i just i just wanted to shout them out boat masters dope 
go check out Boatmasters, guys. But I, I was off on a tangent there as well. Uh, the the what I was getting back to is I took all my rods out of my boat, all my tackle, and I'm looking at everything, and I'm like, I use like maybe 25 percent of this stuff, even the rods. Like I don't use a drop shot. Why do I even have it on there? And every time I do use it, I don't catch fish on it because I have no confidence in it. Confidence is key. We talked about that tonight with John Myers. We did. And what is with this Pedro shake? Sh- Pedro shake? You get. You have to tell us about that. Oh, sorry. It's that's gonna, John talks about. Yeah, it's gonna. That I mean, John is ex- like John's explained this, and it it's it, it's he calls the Pedro shake, and I don't I don't know. I'm not one of those people that like this is what you do at this lake, and this lake you do this. But John's got a thing when the bike gets tough, you throw it out, and he explains it like this. He goes, you throw it out, it hits the bottom, you wait five seconds, you go, shake, 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 kill it. Shake, 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 kill it. Doink. And, dude, I'll be damned if every time he's not, like, explaining this on the water with his bait on the bottom that it actually works. It's it's just stupid, because but it you, works. Because you're one of those it's people who's always said, you've, you've always said, just don't shake it. And I, I'm, I'm one of those on a tougher bite. You don't shake it. You drag it. You dead stick it. But, mm-hmm. hey, but then again, everybody's got their own way of doing things, and that's the beauty of bass fishing it, is there's no right or wrong way. There's, there's things that work for each individual person, and I am the biggest proponent on, dude, get out and fish with as many people as you can, and you're going to learn something from everybody. And if you want to learn the Don Pedro shake, hit up John Myers to take you fishing. <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up because Ryan Cook always said this, and now that Ryan Cook is uh, co-host of this year podcast, I had to ask. Tag team, keeping it, keeping it. I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it 100. I love this. I'm keeping it 100. I I, I hope they like our first one. It went like four and a half hours, but I no, hope they like it. This is this is the marathon. This is the 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 one we needed to start with for sure. Um, so. We are going to do, we are going to start a Patreon um, in order to free up Ryan for at least one day. Depends on how many Patreon patrons we get, but trying to free up Ryan for a day, once a month, maybe once every other month. Also get him some uh, good equipment so that we can work out the audio situation because the audio situation in this one was i would say fairly rough um hopefully rough it was what i've heard it was a little rough but um but legible you can listen to it without totally killing yourself but um that's what we're gonna do we're gonna start a patreon it's uh patreon.com forward slash the bass report go on there we haven't built it out a whole bunch um like I said, a lot of this is going to be towards just supporting, um, you know, Ryan and myself to get out more, do more with the podcast, do more video, I think is what we really want to do, right? No, 100%. And, and we need it. I, I mean, we need it to be known. Like, we're not trying to do this to in any way help ourselves. We're trying to bring more yeah. to you guys. We are trying to bring, instead of just talking about this stuff, let's get out on the water and be able to bring it to you and show you what we're talking about, you know, and help you guys. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that we don't have the time for right now. We get a little help. We might have the time. We're going to have the time and we'll be able to actually, you know, 
instead of telling you guys how to go fish a jig, we can now go show you guys how to fish a jig, right? It's, it's cold. It's January. You got to fish it slow. You don't know what I'm talking about. Let's go out and catch some fish on it and show you and bring it to you and give you some confidence in fishing it a certain way, you know, um, just to help you guys. And that's just one example, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, that's really all it's about. I mean, you're not going to, we're not going to get rich doing this, but if you guys can help us out, if you enjoy what, what I've been putting out and what really Ryan has been doing with me since the very beginning, me and Ryan's podcasts are some of the most popular. Um, if me and him are talking to other people, maybe it'll be more popular. And if we can then parlay that into doing more video and, and working together on this, I think it's only going to be, you know, that much better. I'm, I'm just so happy you're doing it with me, dude. No, and I'm stoked, you know, and I'm, I mean, since day one, when you called me and told me your idea for this podcast, you know, we went out fishing, we talked about it and we got the ball rolling and, you know, and it, I, I, it, it picked up momentum quickly and I loved it. And I told you, dude, whatever you need, I got you covered. I love this. I love what you're doing. And I, you know, and I wasn't, and I'm still not looking for anything in return, but dude, uh, there's, Oh man, the sky's the limit. We're just getting started. There's, there's so much we can bring you guys and we've got so many ideas. I mean, ideas we haven't talked about yet. We've got stuff in the works, you know, um, yep. Joel's got ideas. I got ideas. We got a lot of stuff, you know, and dude, I mean, if we can get a little bit of help with this, um, I really think we can grow something really cool for you guys. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. So right now, as it stands, if you guys can help us out, we're going to be working first thing. I mean, and this is all, this is on the Patreon, you can see how many people are following, how much have people have given, and we're, I'm going to be breaking it down to what we're using that money for. So you're going to be able to see all of that, completely transparent. And we're not just going to be taking this money and uh, paying for my Boatmaster tab, which I wish that was the case, no. but it definitely won't be that. Uh, we're going to be getting Ryan some stuff. We're going to be going out, hopefully giving him a day off because he has to be out fishing because that's his job. So if we can pay for his day without a client and I can go out there, take a day off of work um, and go out there with him, we can put together a video and that's great for you. We're also going to be doing giveaways, um, possibly some raffles a couple times a, a month. Um, and we'll have a discord for everybody who is a Patreon. Um Dude, and we can, I mean, not to cut you off here, but everybody can go on YouTube and you can see, I mean, there's a ton of videos on every technique you want to learn, every bait you want to learn how to throw. And they're all, for the most part, they're trying to persuade you. They're trying to sell you something. They're trying to get something back in return. Um, this is not something we've even talked about, but let's say you want to learn how to throw a chatterbait over grass. You want to learn how to throw a Nico rig in deep water. You want to learn how to spoon fish over suspended bait balls. These are things you guys will be able to requ to request. We get enough requests. Yeah. We can go out and do them and show you. I would hope you guys know enough about both of us right now, just listening what we're about. We're going to give you the good info. We're not going to try to sell you a certain brand. We're not going to try to persuade you one way or the other. I'm going to show you the best way that I know how to do something. Joel's going to take his knowledge of 
videography and whatever else it's called, I'm not real technical, and be able to put something together that you guys are going to be able to learn from and see. And 100% we're going to do this to give back to you guys. And, dude, there's uh, – I know I keep saying it, but there's just so much – there's so much you guys can learn, and some of you might not be able to afford a guide trip. Some of you might not be able to um, find the time for a guide trip with your schedule and my schedule, and these are ways that you can learn what you want to learn, you know, basically being on the water without being out there with us as, as close as it possibly gets. Yep. And that's, now, you won't be with us, but you'll be with us. <laughs> you will, in spirit. And like I said, like, and down the line, that we're definitely going to put together um, offshore trips you know, bigger trips where don't yeah. feel beholden to do it. If you enjoy the podcast and you and you don't and you can't afford it, please don't. But if if you can and you can help support us, we're going to do everything we can to bring you like just really good content, you know. And we're going to do it 100 percent to the best of our ability for whatever you guys want. You know yeah. that we can promise you. I mean, my whole thing with all of this, and I can speak for Joel on this, is we are doing this to give back. It, it's Both of us have a platform. We both have something we're good at. We both have um, a sport that we love, mm-hmm. and we we just want to help you guys. That's all there is to it. And we have fun with it, you know? I'm, it's a good time. Like, it's we an, enjoy this. It's so. the number one thing. I mean, like, I got into this to have fun. L- lean on me. When you're not, I'm sorry. And that's not why I brought Ryan on. I brought Ryan on because he's an awesome dude and he knows a lot more about uh, bass fishing than I do. It's amazing that you guys have been <laughs> as uh, supportive as you have listening to me talking to other people. So no. now you got Ryan uh, with me every week and he's going to ask the really good questions and I'm just going to poke fun at him. So, And no matter what, we're going to have fun doing it. So. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's all right. that matters. Well, this one, this one's going to go uh, about three hours. So <laughs> that is a, that is all time personal best for the bass report. For the bass I can guarantee you on that one. Well, if you've listened this long and you do want to uh, support us on it's Patreon forward slash the bass report, all one word. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. If you do it. I love it. I love, I love it, it, dude. I'm excited. The sky's the limit. I think we got some awesome things in store. We do. All right, brother. We'll catch you next time. And that's it. There's no extra. They're like, I'm not going to go out and then have another outro. So Ryan, send us off guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great, I don't know when this is coming out. Hey, Joe, what day is this coming out? It's coming out tomorrow. Well, it's coming out late tonight, late tonight, early tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Go catch some big bass. Send us some pictures, send us your questions and we'll be back next week. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed.